Get nasty on a Wednesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter. Meet behind the board, spinning those dials. You're not actually spinning dials. anything. Yeah, there's no toggling. Yeah, you're a just pushing. Down. You're basically pushing buttons on. One dial back there. No. I mean, I, levels I guess it's a knob more than down. a dial. I think Can you work the knob. Work it real well. Meets both on airplane with with. His knob, the board's knob, somebody's knob. He's doing knob. a great job. Somebody else's knob is great. So the Blues win last night, and we'll get into all the details. The question that I have for Jamie Rivers, though, is how badly did you want to jump over the boards and get back into the game? <laughs> I will say this. Being down close to the ice like that, again, is a little bit of an adrenaline rush. You're seeing the guys are flying around, and the hits are right there, and, and guys are jawing back and forth a little bit. Ah, it was fun. I How, many it. How many shifts do you have in you right now, Jamie? Right now? I you're, feel you're pretty confident good, you're right now. You're in good shape? Yeah. I, I, could, I could be a seventh defenseman in case of emergency. I could do that. I could give you, I could easily give you five to eight minutes. You could be an E-bud. Yeah, sure. Five to eight yeah. minutes for a game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not for one shift. Then, yeah, that, that would, go, be, I would long, be dead. Long shift. I would be dead. Most would be dead. That Correct. really is a dream. That is a dream. Like, if you're sitting there, you're working the game, and they call you in and say, hey, we need you. Put down the headset. We got your stuff ready. Oh, that would be great. You got to go. Like, a, uh, the, the dream scenario of uh, calling a game alongside Danny Mac. Mo taps me on the shoulder. Dude, we need you. Everybody's hurt. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> would you even be nervous at that point? No. I wouldn't think so lose. either. You're like, no. screw it. If yeah. you're crappy, everybody expects you to be crappy. We've talked on the radio for the last eight years about how crappy my career has been. Well, you get a chance to see it again? <laughs> No, like <laughs> what nerves would be there? Zero expectations. No. Just go out there. Here's and have some what fun. I know. I know that if you put me in a major league baseball game, I could throw strikes. Now I know those strikes are likely to be hit hard, but the Cardinals got great defense. I like my chances. That's all I'm saying. I just want to make sure you stretch. Last time I saw you pitch, we were down at the Hoots Fields. Oh yeah. You were throwing at Scott Rizzuto. Yep, and then to the Rizzuto first, and then to him. And I could tell the hamstrings weren't ready for a little it. Is that true? looked good. Oh, he doesn't have to. The hamstrings, though, I was a little concerned. If you warmed up, well, he didn't even really warm up. He threw the ball a few times. He didn't go into, like, the whole stretch thing. Like, at least maybe I, I should have, though. I maybe. I'm, getting, I'm approaching that age that I should yeah. probably start stretching a little bit. I try to stretch every day now after the workout. Do you really? Take a little, I do. Take a little downtime. I put on a little softer music in the headset, hmm. for sure, and just get a good stretch in about five minutes. Just... Stretching, huh? That's Never. what you call it? I don't. Never. Mm. You ever see a lion Flexible stretch meat. out when he's about to go out and get a gazelle? No. no. no you ever seen well, a deer stretch? No. no. You ever go. seen one laying on the side of the road? Yeah. Mm. He saw one the other enough. night. Mm-hmm. That's because the headlights, though. That's not because he stretched. He uh, didn't they stretch. Were taking a they nap. Were, they were sleeping. Has exactly. anybody ever exactly. confirmed that, like, they look into the headlights? Or is it just like, it's like a more, like, an old bleep moment, and they look and they, wham. Yeah, it's which not is like, deer in the headlights. Old bleep. Yeah. So the Blues won last night. Speaking of Obleep, uh, they did lose Vili Huso. Do you want to? What do you want to start with here? Let's start with the good news. Let's yeah, start with the good was, news. That's huge. That's a yeah, huge Anthony, win. Why right? you gotta be so negative all the time? I just okay? asked. You said I that asked. was like Obleep. Yeah. Somebody said like it. last you night. Obleep. But that was Whatever. about the deer, not about Vili Huso. Okay. How about this? The St. Louis Blues took. Well, you did transition, Anthony. Sorry. St. Louis Blues 
Took three of a possible four points from the Florida Panthers, who are an incredible like hockey team. From Sunrise. From Sunrise, Florida. And based on the first period last night, having the luxury, luxury of being down between the benches, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be a really long game. Was it just the 20 shots against them? It was the wave after all? wave after wave of Panther players going in the direction of the Blues net. And I couldn't believe that the Blues were having trouble breaking out. They're flipping pucks out. They didn't control it. They were They were under siege. And I thought to myself, man, this is going to be a tough game. This is terrible. Janet, it really was terrible at that point. But good news is, Billy Huso, we'll cover the positive here first. He was on his game, and he was fantastic. And he held the Blues into the uh, the game and going into the second period. The Blues were a much different team. Much different team. And Mike Van Ryan, talking to him, uh, he said that ordinarily, you know, Craig Berube goes in with about eight minutes left in the intermission to talk about the following period, maybe break down a few things that happened. Chief went right in the room last night, right in the room after the first period. Coming in hot. But no, but it wasn't. What do you mean? It was kind of like a mind bender thing. He went in, didn't like kick the table over or throw the sticks. He just kind of came in and was like, guys, what are we doing here? Like, I'm not mad. You guys want to play this I'm way? Disappointed. It's going to be a really, really bad night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to change it. You got to. You got to control the puck. You got to hang on. You got to make plays. You got to get open. I guess he, you know, and this is all ver- like paraphrasing uh, because obviously I wasn't in the room, but then they come out and they respond, have a fantastic second period. They look like a completely different team and give themselves a chance to win. They head into the third, and the third was an interesting period as well, obviously, because you end up tied, losing your starting goalie now, who's your backup goalie. And you lose Jake Wallman all in the same exact play. Stop it! Cue Charlie Lindgren to come in, who some people thought was an e-bug. Get him, Chuck. His gear didn't really match. And he was, is that the emergency goalie? No. Nope. No, he's actually well, paid to be here. That's still kind of yes is the answer to that. He is still kind of what the What a spot to be put goalie. in, though, right? Like, I know you've experienced right it. Right into the fire. Where you're in a tie game or up by a run or whatever, and all of a Looking sudden. Looking around. Uh, it's me, huh? Yeah, it's you. Okay. You, me. There's me, only you. one way to learn, trial by fire, and it worked out pretty well for the Blues. One of the things that you said yesterday, Jamie, was going to be one of the biggest keys to the game, a key to victory for the Blues over the Panthers, was stay out of the box. Oh, God. Well, they didn't do that. No. But they killed it. Like, that. that's the crazy part. Five power play opportunities for the Panthers, but the Blues killed off every one of them. Yeah. To me, that part was amazing that that happened. Yeah, it's certainly not like they drew it up. You get you took three penalties in the first period. You talk about giving momentum to the opposition. But the key to this, guys, and, and it's a positive and a negative at the same time, Ville Husso was incredible. He made some post-to-post I slides. I remember him. Pad save. He closed out a couple of one-timers on the power play. It, if not for Ville Husso, it could have been a nightmare. But he was there. He was He was incredible. Unfortunately, he tweaked something in the third period where we don't know if it was an ankle, a knee, a groin. Ville Husso, you were supposed to be the guy years ago when Jordan Bennington stole the heart of this city. Well, you stole a lot of pucks last night until you couldn't do it any longer. Charlie, is it? Charlie. Charlie, this is your boat now. <laughs> you are the captain. Billy Huso, we hope to hear from you again. Go get him, Chuck. <laughs>
Well done. Yeah, yeah, knew, well done. I, I looked at Meade, and I knew he was doing that. <laughs> what a jerk. I we had eye contact for a moment. Yeah, but I said, I verbally mouthed to you, don't do it. But he fired it toggled. It toggled, my bad. So, Billy not Huso really dead. handing off the baton to, to Charlie Lindgren, and we'll see where that goes. The Blues got some crazy decisions coming up. But one positive thing last night, another, not just one, another positive thing last night was the play of Vladimir Tarasenko. And early in the game, it kind of felt like eh, this could be another bad one. I think I think Craig Berube and Vladimir Tarasenko had a little discussion again after the first period, uh, enough like in plain sight. And then Big Daddy Vladdy came out and he was playing, man. The rest of the game, he was playing. He was skating. He was on pucks. He was shooting pucks. Um, you know, he scores the very first goal for the Blues, which is kind of a textbook Vladdy play where he kind of creeps in, cradle and shot, and he got it off. Uh, short side on the goaltender was great. And then uh, Pavel Buchnevich was another guy we talked about yesterday. How not that he wasn't playing well, but he's a guy you need to step up in these moments, and he did. How about Braden Shen? Same thing. Oh, we brought his name up too. He's been battling injuries, and he gets a nice power play goal. Was what a pass, by the way, by Vladimir Tarasenko on that one. The old shot pass back door. Braden Shen just sitting there all by himself, and, and he, he tips it in. Brandon Saad, he's the benefactor again of, what? Well, going to the front of the net. Went to the front of the net. And how about Logan Brown, guys? What a game he had last night. He's got two goals and one assist in four games, so three points in four games. He's playing in all the situations. He's a quarterbacking part of that second power play unit. I think he's here to stay. I, I think I don't know what else you can do with him at this point except let him continue to grow as a player. But again, some big performances from some of the guys that you needed them to produce last night, and they did. Like a boss. Yeah, really. It was, Randy. Blues off tonight. They'll take on the Red Wings tomorrow. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. In 15 minutes, we'll talk to Craig Berube, head coach of the Blues. I'm sure oh, he'll be boy. in a pretty good mood outside of, you know, half his roster is out. He's not going to make, make any excuses, boys. That's not what he does. Coming up next, we're going to tell you why sports fans are full of crap. What? That's next on 101 ESPN. Seems harsh. You are listening to The Fast Lane, broadcasting live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. on 101 at ESPN. Now, I, I tease this in kind of a harsh way, but it really is true. Uh, we as sports fans, we're all full of crap. Wow. BT? Whoa. I thought Why you made... did you go to you first? No, this is... You this... know, as a whole, Anthony, I think that you have something here. Go ahead. Why would you phrase it that way? I think that you have a good point. It's actually your point that I thought was great. And you made an observation about the Arizona Cardinals, and you also have a tie-in to Major League Baseball in a similar manner. Well, I just think that uh, we yeah, say we right, want Jamie. things, okay? Mm. We we say that uh, we want we want new. Give me that new blood. We just talked about it with the uh, the college football playoffs. You want that new Give blood. Give me something different. All right, you got it. You got Cincinnati. That's new Michigan. While it's a blue blood, it's a new blood when it comes mm. to the, the four teams, right? So you got a little bit of that. We act like we want it. Nobody wants to see Cincinnati in the title game, do they? No. Unless they're they're actually a Cincinnati fan. Like, that's a... Or a, said... Or said Cincinnati was going to make the uh, the biggest leap from the group of five. They could right. get in the playoffs. No, you said like that. that, Anthony, and that yeah. was really good. Oh, that's really uh, good. Thanks, but, thanks. And, or if you're like Desmond Ritter's family, the quarterback for Cincinnati, maybe, maybe you're you're making wanting them to make a push. But you mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. 
we keep talking about we want new teams. The Cardinals are 10-2 and two right now. The Cardinals are undefeated on the road, and on the road they've beaten every opponent by 10 or more points. Is that good? Uh, yeah, it is fairly good. Smoking mirrors. And they, they won two games, uh, two of three games, without uh, with, without Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Who Hopkins. Did they play Freaking in those games, Cole McCoy though? comes in there and wins some games. Seattle. But we act like in Seattle. nobody's sure about it. Like we talked about this the other day, and Jamie joked around about smoke and mirrors. But I'm not like joking. he's been pretty pretty yeah. adamant that he doesn't believe. I don't Brad, think anybody's buying in. Why don't we buy into good things that we see? Brad, to your point, sometimes I put stuff on our Google Docs about the Arizona Cardinals, knowing that it's gonna tick off Jamie because <laughs> He doesn't believe in the yeah, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, but do Cardinals. you? Like, do you even believe in what they're There's doing? There's no oh, way God, you believe no. that that's a contender. There's no way. No. To your point, I don't know why, though, because you're absolutely right. We as sports fans are like, I'm tired of seeing Alabama Clemson. Or I'm tired of seeing the same teams over and over again. And then you're like, here's a new matchup. Oh, ah. super. This is going to be over. Ah, You're full of baloney. We are. We're all full of baloney, Janet. Like, that's the thing. So this is a franchise, sticking with Arizona for a minute. They went out and fired their coach after a year, brought in Cliffs Kingsbury. They had drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. They said, you know what? He ain't the answer. We're going to ship him off. They they draft Kyler Murray. And it freaking worked. Like, it worked. Murray's exciting. Don't we want teams to take chances all the time? So do something different. Figure out a way. Like, reinvent the wheel. Well, that's exactly what Arizona has done. And they find themselves at 10-2, and two, and yet we still don't believe. Right. You know why? Because we want things to be the way we remember them being. We want the teams that we remember being good, being good. The Patriots, case in point. Yeah. We want them to be good. Not a lot of people listening right now, maybe, but but for the most part, but football fans, like, you're used to the Patriots being good. We did a segment yesterday. It, it just makes sense. Or what? I, don't, I forget exactly how we phrased it, but it's better this way. Yeah. Something like that. It's not the same if? It's not the same it's, if the Patriots ah, aren't in the playoffs. Got it. That I was agree. It. Thank you, Ram. Look at last year. But is, do you think that's what it is? Do you think that we just fall back on wanting to, like, like we have this idea of what is good and what is not good. Right. And this idea does not change for us. Is that what it is? I wonder if it's. I, I wonder if we're just skeptical, skeptical by nature too. Like we're we're not used to seeing the Cardinals be this good. And then, and by the way, they're Pretty good on both, on both sides. Now. Yeah, they're they're great on both sides of the ball too. Defensively, that might be the best defensive team, certainly in the NFC. Oh, stop! They're at least on par with the Patriots. Stop! In in all of football, but I wonder, guys, if it's a situation like for me. I was the one that said months ago on the Cardinals, wait until the second half. This is We saw this last year. First half, they were great. They were exciting. Kyler Murray's the MVP discussion. Wait until he gets hurt. Well, he did get hurt, and Brad mentioned it. Colt McCoy steps in. He wins two of three games. Kyler Murray comes back last week. Doesn't look like he's, he's he had any rust to shake off. Yeah, they were in Chicago. Yeah, it's against the Bears. But he he didn't look like he missed any any time. You play your schedule. And they, they have been a complete team. But I wonder, Jamie, if it's a situation where we haven't seen it with the Cardinals, so we're just skeptical. It's more familiar to say, ah, Brady will get him. And he probably will. you know, Or ah, Aaron Rodgers or whoever in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Even Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played well in a month. But we're just all – we're just – we're preconditioned to say, well, he'll figure that out. And I think that applies to other sports too. I think you're 100% right with that. And – what I'm going to say is not shocking. It's not like it hasn't been said before. It's like, prove me wrong. Do it do it more than once. And so to your point, last year, they kind of caved in, second half of the season. So now, yeah, this is a larger sample size, but still one season. So for me, and that's just me, I need to see it 
multiple seasons to believe that this is a team that could be, you know, something to be of relevance year after year. Could they have one of those breakout years right now? And this is this possibly the season that sends them running in the direction of three or four or five winning seasons in a row and having great uh, football clubs? Could be, but they haven't done it before. So it makes me skeptical. And I'm still on the fence with Kyler Murray. He's an incredible quarterback. He's an incredible athlete. I just don't know. He, he got injured again this year. Short, you know, didn't miss a lot, but he got injured again. And then what happens if he gets folded again here in the next couple of games? Yeah, Colt McCoy was okay for a couple, but do you really hang your hat on Colt McCoy to break, you know, drag this team anywhere of relevance? No, I'm not. What no, happens if most be. quarterbacks get folded? You know, yeah, I, I, I know. But Kyler Murray, it's been three, like, three years in a row now. He's had either a significant injury or even something minor that's held him out of a couple of games. Uh, well, either way, I think you're screwed if your quarterback gets hurt. But here's a question, Anthony. Is sustained dominance, kind of kind of what Jamie's talking about, like building that, is that even really something that, that is, is not even, I don't want to say necessary, is it possible nowadays? When you, you look at the Chiefs and we ever think, all right, Chiefs are going to be the dynasty, and they're rolling right now. The offense isn't, but they're, they're on a little bit of a, a winning streak. But when you get to the point where you have to pay this quarterback – you're going to have different uh, fluctuations in your team. Like, like I wonder even if that bar needs to change of, like, what is consistency right. nowadays? Well, I, it, of course, the Patriots are the lone exception, right? They're the only ones over the last two decades that have shown any sort of dominance for a long period of time. You're really only talking about two or three years. I remember when the Seattle, the, the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom defense won that Super Bowl in uh, against the Denver Broncos, and I was thinking to myself, man, this is one of the best defenses that that we have ever seen. This is going to be a controlled, uh, sustained success. And now for the Seahawks over the next, I don't know, maybe a decade. Yeah, fizzled out in about three years because it's difficult to pay everybody. To your point, Brad, and still continue and still have that that continuity. Guys, guys have success. They want to get paid. The franchise wants to reward them. It's not. This isn't just. You know, uh, it's not just a football football challenge. It's it's we've seen it in baseball yeah. too. Uh, so no, I think it's I think three years. Maybe you got a three year window now in the NFL. Yeah, and that has proven itself out because we've seen different champions. You know, especially in the NFC, emerge every every few years. I think it's only about a three year window now yep. if you're fortunate. We got a text right here, and uh, this was the team that I was going to bring up. It says, didn't we all feel the same way about the Reds? A uh, Rays. I still feel the same way about the Rays, and I shouldn't. Like this, the Rays. When we're thinking about the AL East, it's Yankees, it's Red Sox, right? right. Like those are the teams that you're thinking about. Rays, well, the Rays win 90, 90 games every year. It seems like it, right? They have for the last four years, and in the shortened season, they went forty and twenty. They went six sixty-seven winning percentage in that year, and they they ended up losing the World Series, uh, you know, and uh, they they went to the ALDS the other two years. They've been to the postseason three times in a row. But they are absolutely one of these teams. Say we want change. I'm sick of the Yankees. I'm sick of the Red Sox. Here's the Rays. Dude, in the postseason, no. screw the Rays. Give me the Red Sox. Give me the Yankees. Like, these are the teams that I want to see. And I, for me, it's probably because of, like, how they do it. Well, like, from, from a baseball standpoint, I love how they develop players. And I love how they draft them. And I think that they're an incredibly intelligent organization. I hate the fact that they don't spend money. I hate the fact that they do all this with the lowest payroll because I know it drives down everybody else also. I don't like that. And I just don't 
I don't look at it and say, well, that's real or that's sustainable because I still don't believe it is. I still believe that the model that they're doing right now will win you games and it will get you a chance to get to the postseason. But if you can't retain some of your stars, and by the way, shout out to them for getting a long-term deal, and that's how they're going to have to do it. They did it with uh, Longoria. They signed him to that 10-year deal or whatever it was. They did the same thing with Wander Franco, just gave him an extension. He's one of the best players in baseball, rookie this year. But if you can't retain your stars, I still don't believe that you can win at the highest level. That's my beef with them. Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. We have Craig Berube coming up next. It's our weekly chat with the Blues head coach following a huge win last night over the Panthers. Craig Berube next in the Fastlane. It's a fast line on 101 at ESPN. The Blues got it done last night. They come from behind to knock off the Panthers. Unfortunately, it comes with another injury as Billy Huso is now out with a lower body injury and Jake Wallman is out with an upper body injury. Mm-hmm. Blues will once again play shorthanded when they take on the Red Wings tomorrow night. I mean, at this point, it's not comical because guys are, are hurt, but the situation is almost like shoulder shrug, this is absolutely ridiculous that one team is dealing with so many COVID and now injury situations. No, it is, Jamie. I would think uh, one of those things where you have to you have to be so mentally tough anyhow to play this game at a high level. But when you deal with all of the injuries and all of the, the COVID situation that this team has, you better be mentally tough to get through it. And you got to be thinking to yourself, OK, well, keep looking through that windshield, right? Because. This team could be really good if you actually have a whole team. Like you actually get everybody back together. And I'm sure that like Craig Berube, like while he's he's managing the day to day, like he's got to be thinking that too. Like, all right, well we're piecing this together right now as piece by piece comes back. Damn, I mean this team. It was just like what a week and a half ago they were second, you know, in in the uh, you know in the division and. Things have kind of not, I don't want to say slipped away, but look, the fact that you're able to tread water and last night was just a hell of a win, a great two points. It really is impressive what they've done. Yeah, look, uh, the St. Louis Blues, to your point, if they can tread water here, they're still second place in the division. They, they've got a 600 winning percentage. They're 13, 8, and 4 on the season. They took two. Or they split with the Tampa Bay Lightning, so two out of a possible four there, and they took three out of a possible four from the Florida Panthers, who, you know, it doesn't matter that the Panthers got three points too because they're in the other conference. You just managed to squeak out an extra point uh, in the overtime or shootout loss the other day to, to Florida. So it's not as bad as it seems like it's going to be, um, but we're getting thin here. But this, you feel like it could get bad. Like, that's this the thing. could get bad here, and – the good thing for the Blues, though, is their schedule right now, and you hate to, I don't want to say disrespect some teams. Go but, ahead. Put some stank on some teams. But, you know, the Red Wings are a much better team this year. That's for sure. They're not the pushover, stanky, bottom-of-the-barrel team that they have been for the last two or three seasons. They're they're above 500. They're 13-10-3 right now on the season. They'll be visiting the Enterprise Center on Thursday. But that's a game you can win. It's a game you should win. You just beat the Florida Panthers with a depleted roster. Now, mind you, you're not going to have an actual NHL goalie in the net for you on Thursday. Whoa, but Oh, you were saying earlier, this guy's no e-bug, old Chuck. Uh, old no, Chuck he's him. not. But he's not an actual NHL goalie, meaning that he wasn't on the roster. Uh, he's played, I don't know, a handful of games. See? So, anyways. So he's looking for his big break is what you're saying. Could be. Could be him. Could maybe not be. Not sure. Charlie. Hold on. Just, just try it on for size really quick. 
Charlie, 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 Charlie. Like Enterprise is just going like Charlie. Can you see it? No, 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 not at all. Actually, why would they? Why would they be? No, why would they be chanting his name during a PowerPoint? I was just trying to come up with some song. Yeah, not on this one. This one doesn't work. He's playing so well, they're chanting his name just even all the during the power yeah, play. Yeah, that, that, huh. that music didn't make sense. Well, That's on me. Let me let me put it this way. Let's hope that happens. Uh-huh. That'd be fantastic. Um, but either way, it's going to be... Uh, these are games that the, the Blues can win. They got Detroit on Thursday. Montreal, who's had an awful season. Uh, they've got them on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Anaheim, who's having... They're having a great season. That's a, That team is legit right now. Uh, we saw a couple of highlight reel <laughs> things yesterday from them. A couple of their young players. Oh, just... they're playing the Sabers. Yeah, well... yeah, but they they were playing <laughs> and one mixtape is what it looked yeah, like. It was the uh... professor. Did you see that goal? Yes, pretty oh impressive. My gosh, what Go do ahead. you even call that move, Jamie? Where you ju- you just pick it up with a stick and he flung it in front of the net? Well, it's called the Michigan. The old dipsy. And uh, the reason it's called the Michigan is because uh, a guy that I played um, for Team Canada with, Mike Legg, was the first guy to do this. He scooped up the puck and tucked it in the top shelf while he played for the University of Michigan. He was a Wolverine. So they just kind of dubbed the move the Michigan. And it kind of was dormant for a while, but then all these kids that are like high-skilled kids, now they're working on all this stuff. It's made a, yeah, pretty much. It's made made a massive comeback to where you're seeing, once a week you're seeing something happen, either it's between the legs or the Michigan. And last night was a little unique because... Trevor Zegris scoops it up, and everybody thinks he's going to try and tuck it around. Well, Sonny Milano's in front with a stick up in the air, calling for a pass. Yeah, they went with the old hit and run. Yeah, <laughs> like crazy. he's going to lay a bunt down first base, and Zegris just goes, shovels the puck just over the net, and Sonny Milano whacks it in. After easy. the game, they talk about it. Trevor Zegers was like, yeah, Sonny was calling for the Michigan, so I just thought I'd throw it over the net at him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So we're dealing with that on Sunday. So St. Louis Blues will have those young guys coming in here trying to to run the Globetrotters plays uh, against them. But, you know, today we talk about some of the guys that are going to come in uh, because you need them to. And John Gillies, mentioned in the SportsCenter update, uh, he's a journeyman goalie. He's a 27-year-old guy. He's six foot six. Ah, uh, that's a big fella. It's a big guy. Tell me he's four bills. If he's yeah, four no, bills, we're good. No, he, can he run in a straight line? Can he? If so, um, he can try out and play baseball. Maybe he's a dual athlete. You never know, uh, according to Tom. But, uh, no, a he's a big goalie. Anything. It's a different look. It's a different look. You don't have a guy like that right now that you've had uh, play consistently. So, you know, maybe he takes up a lot of the net. He's only played 12 NHL games, but he's 4-0 this year in the American Hockey League. So, you know, we'll see what happens if he actually gets in. Let's hope that Charlie Lindgren plays great and you don't need to see John Gillies. Um, But you never know. John Gillies does have NHL experience. And they called up Nathan Walker. Uh, We're very familiar with Nathan Walker, little guy, fire plug out there, Australian guy. Uh, He's 27 years old, 25 NHL games, uh, six goals, 11 assists, 17 points in 19 games so far this year down in Springfield in the American Hockey League. And at least you know what you're getting with him. He's got a ton of speed. He's going to work really hard. Uh, He's a Craig Berube-style player to the point where he's going to just compete, compete, compete. That's what you need right now. You don't need all-star players to come in and and try to reinvent the wheel. You've got to lean on the guys who should be doing it. you got to lean on the Tarasenko, the Buchnevich, the Ryan O'Reilly, the Braden Shins. How about Ivan Barbashev? Brandon Saad. Like, you do have a roster that is deep enough to do some damage 
you need some accessory parts here that can lock it down on the opposition. And Nathan Walker is that type of guy. He's going to out-hustle guys. He's going to retrieve the loose pucks. He's going to back check. He's going to block shots. He's going to give you everything he's got. Is it perfect? No. But this is, again, where your, your, your high-paid stars have to step up and have to provide what you don't have. How important is it also, and this is going back to the, the five power play opportunities for the Panthers that the Blues were able to kill off, playing smart during this? Like, like how how difficult is that? When you are short-staffed, and maybe teams are a little bit faster than you, you're trying to chase them. You mentioned the physicality aspect. It would be great to go hit everybody, but then that puts you uh, mm-hmm. in a bad position as well. How do they play smart during this? It's going to be tough because you're going to be minus a player again. On Thursday night, the Blues will have to play one player short. I thought they figured that out. Well, they did until they got another injury. And Jake Wallman going down. Then kind you should of, get two players, Jamie. Uh, you can't, though, because Jake Stupid Wallman, league. there's no room to put him Garage on. Garage league is what I say. Yeah. Well, maybe not. But either yeah, way. Uh, I just heard that before. You're in a tough spot. So to your point about how do you play smart, you try to try to manage the puck properly. And again, it was all oh, that puck management. He always says it, but it's true. You don't you don't try high risk plays all through the middle of the ice and stuff and get it knocked down and then you're defending the whole time. No, it it take it's proven that it takes less energy on the offensive side when you're not chasing the puck. When you possess the puck, protect the puck, don't give it away. It, it takes less energy to do that. And the three penalties they took in the first period yesterday could have been a disaster for the Blues. The Panthers score two of those three, and this is a whole different game. And then you've got your Ryan O'Reilly's that are exhausted. Buchnevich is exhausted. Your top four defensemen are exhausted because you're killing too many penalties. Got to play smart by managing the puck properly. That way there you don't turn over the puck. You're not chasing the game, which means you'll take penalties. And if you don't take penalties, maybe some of your bigger players, your star players, have more energy in the tank. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalter. What's trending is coming up next in the Fast Lane. You're in the fast lane, coming to you live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. 101 ESPN. You're listening to the fast lane. Here's what's trending now. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, and Anthony Stalter. Here's me with what's trending. Well, the Blues are trending. A lot of talk about the Blues today, of course, with the injury issues playing down uh, down with short numbers again Thursday against Detroit. Uh, we got a text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Just talking about the goalie situations. The texter asks, what happened to Joel Hofer? Well, apparently there's bonus issues and that would put the Blues in a tough spot uh, financially where they could not call him up. JR tweeted that today, so. That's the answer on that, I guess. Yeah, he's got uh, some performance bonuses or signing bonuses that kick in, and it puts him over the cap. And I don't know his status, but I do know that it was mentioned by Doug Armstrong that uh, Springfield is also dealing with COVID issues down there. Not sure if Joel Hofer is a guy that's dealing with that or not, but a lot of uh, reasons as to why they had to go in this direction. Otherwise, he would have went with Joel Hofer. Army said 25% of their playable players in Springfield currently have COVID issues. So there you go. That's where they're at on that front. Uh, some positive news. Tiger Woods coming oh, back to the golf wow. world. What? That already was I didn't positive. even mean to do that. Damn, I'm sorry. Some more uplifting news. There you go. Huh? Huh? That makes more sense. Tiger Woods making his way back to the golf course this coming weekend, the PNC Championship. He announced that he's going to be playing with his son, Charlie, in that. Uh, this is essentially a father-son tournament. They changed the name a couple of years back, but his 
returned to golf since his accident. This was actually the last tournament he played in before his accident happened. So kind of full circle there. But obviously, it's great to see Tiger back. How would you like to be his son? Like, I would like oh, it a lot, that'd actually. Be great. Well, I'd be just fine with this from a, golf, from, a Lamborghini? from a golf standpoint. And from a life standpoint. Like, like how old's his son now? Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure that his kids have kind of got dragged through the mud as they read everything, hear everything about their dad. 12 years old. I was just thinking from a golf standpoint, like, do, what, when, was, when was Tiger great? Like at three years old or something like that? Yeah, his kid's a major disappointment already. I haven't yeah. seen him on any late night shows. Like, I feel bad for Dylan right now because he's got to live up to. I think he'll be fine. World Series champion Brad Thompson. Yeah, he's going to be fine. But Tiger's kid, I mean, yeah, that, that's, different. that's different. Yeah. It was like, um, I forget whose who son was at, in the college ranks not too long ago, college football. Everybody's just waiting for this kid to be great, and he was just a guy. He was just a guy. That happens. There, there are expectations. Jamie, has that happened with your kids at all? I mean, I would assume you coaching hockey all the time. Like as soon as they see the name on the back of the jersey, they see you out there, like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, it, it has happened. It's it happened right from the very beginning, and it's unfair to it the is. kids it is because sure. you know they're carving their own path through life. And I do believe that it actually got the best of at least one of my boys, where he was just sick of dealing with it, and he loved playing hockey and loved you know competing, but you know it, it just it mounts. Yeah, it mounts, and he just was like, "I'm just done with this," and so he, That's he tough. ended up walking away. And you know, I never put that pressure on him. I. I I honestly, I tried to tell them, I don't really care if you ever play college hockey or in the NHL. I mean, I don't care. Quite honestly, uh, it sounds like it's a great life and all that stuff. It's a really tough one. Unless you're a superstar, it's a tough life and it's a grind and it sucks sometimes. And I was like, I don't know if I wish this upon my kids because, you know, it's a lot. Find, forge your own path. Yeah. Do your thing. Find something you're passionate about. You know what else is a lot? Being president. According to Mark Emmert, the uh, NCAA president, he says that being a college president is one of the hardest jobs uh, in America. Did you say his job specifically? or, or no, the a, co- a college president. Yeah, Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, said being oh. a university president is the hardest job oh. in the world. I don't think and so. And that went over very well today in the media, <laughs> as you can imagine. Deep sea fisherman comes to mind. <laughs> Brain surgeon? There is a lot of jobs that come to mind that, in my opinion, I've never been a college president, uh, but in my opinion, uh, are probably not. Not a pilot. I feel like being a pilot would be harder than being a president of a university. Let me tell you, changing commercial windshields on trucks, uh, I did that for a long time with Tony Twist. That is not fun. Pouring concrete. Pouring concrete. Yeah, roofing in 120 degree weather. kidding. Uh, repo in cars in, mm, in Detroit. Detroit. Oh, sounds fun. <laughs> Done it. Yeah, that doesn't not sound fun. fun. No. Mm-hmm. So was he not expecting the blowback? I don't know what <laughs> he was not. expecting. I don't think he thought too much about that. No, guys, this is really hard. I wonder what the average salary is for a president of a university. I'd have to say it's up there. Probably. I had oh, to go making... schmooze people over a $400 lunch today. It right. was hard. <laughs> Who paid so for that much? No, oh, the university did. I'm the president. You Damn know, I, I stayed at the office late. About 2, 2.15. Okay? In the afternoon. <laughs> went, went golfing afterwards. Hardest job, huh? Hardest job. <laughs> Interesting. Not not uh, police officer? 
Fireman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, active member of one of our military services. Not that. Fun so men and women of the jobs. yeah military service. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. What was that? Dropped in Iraq, Baghdad, someplace, middle of war. No. College president. No. You don't, okay. you don't know what he deals with. Right. You don't know Anthony. I know this faculty. I just can't. No, it's not walking through a minefield. It feels like it, he says. <laughs> These kids that we're not paying, they haven't won in years. <laughs> we're paying years. These guys. What are we paying these kids for? <laughs> uh, happy birthday wishes to Philip Rivers. Philip uh, Rivers, yeah. 40 right. years old. I'm a man. I'm 40. Do we ever see Philip Rivers again in the NFL? Does some team take no, a chance on him? They, they're yeah. down he's and a successful out. high school college co- or high school uh, football coach now. Yeah, he's, he's good. I, I think, think any we could team see him ever. back in the NFL, but it won't be as a player. Well, his yeah, name was getting kicked around, wasn't it, with the Saints, Saints right? right. As, and it was one that Sean Payton, I, I guess, actively reached out for. Uh, he said no. Drew Brees and his new hair said no. So I don't. I, I think that he's got himself a good life and he's happy. And I think when Carson Wentz got hurt in training camp, there was some some scuttlebutt over whether or not yeah. make all the Rivers sense was going to go back. Fit, yeah. Fits in fine uh-huh. there. Uh, I, think you, I think you move forward. Not everybody's Mr. Avocado Ice Cream, Tom Brady. Uh, going to play for a while. How much Avocado do you think? tequila. So he took a lot less money. Uh, over the years, Tom Brady. How far off do you think that their just overall earnings are between Phil Rivers? Probably and not Tom far Brady? off if you include endorsements. If you do include, yeah. What what does Phil Rivers endorse? That's what I'm saying. I think no, you're I'm saying like just their earnings, like how like on football field earnings. How how close do you think Tom Brady and Philip Rivers are? Uh, so I'm looking at uh, salaries and all. I don't know. Probably. I would imagine pretty close. Oh, I think so, too. Mm. Now, Tom Brady has got b- 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 billions over that. Well, probably. Him and Giselle together, they got some cheese. He's making all Doesn't kinds of money. Doesn't she make more? She, she used, used to. to. She used to make like $200 million or something a year doing her Victoria's Secret. Boy, stuff. Tom's got to step it up. Uh, all right, so, so guess the, quick research. Mind. The $200 million you said for Giselle in a year? Brady, according to uh, the interwebs, has about $235 million total over 20 seasons. So I, I don't think that includes his numbers with the Bucks. I think that was with the Patriots. Uh, Philip Rivers, two hundred forty-two million. So pretty close. So Rivers, imagine that Philip Rivers has made more than Tom Brady leading up to the Buccaneers. And Tom Brady has six more Super Bowls. Yeah, four or five more years total. Oh, yeah, good call. Seven more Super Bowls, Anthony. Philip Rivers never won one. Brady's Brady seven. is six, right? Seven. He is seven? seven. Last year was seven? Pretty mm-hmm. sure it was seven. Oh, a lost seven. count. Stop counting. Yeah. I mean, after Anthony a while, just to the point. the one. Yeah. Well, I didn't <laughs> see the end of the one, so it didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing here, uh, Jamie, I'm sorry that that room that you had at the house, you were waiting for uh, Nagowski to return to. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Uh, John Nagowski has been selected by the Braves with their first round pick in the Rule 5 draft. It's going to the, the World minor Series league champion Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. What was that, PT? It's the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft because there can be no major league action. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that right? Fair, that fair enough. Unreal. It is the minor. The Cardinals, by the way, picked up four different players. Uh, um, they can't say their names. Though. Well, no, no, no. These are minor league players. You can do whatever you want to them. <laughs> they're not people. Them. They're minor yeah, leaguers. Yeah, exactly. They picked up an outfielder from the Diamondbacks, Ben Deluzio, a right-handed pitcher from the Padres, Carlos Gurate, an outfielder from the Pirates, Jonah Davis, and a left-handed pitcher from the Dodgers, Nelfrey Contreras. Uh, I just love that guy. Yeah, no, Nelfrey, I've always been a fan. Uh, they did have a shortstop, Moises Castillo, who was selected by... Uh, by the White Sox. So four in, one out for the Cardinals. And we'll uh, BT will break down the scouting reports of all those players coming up in a little bit here. Yeah, Yippee! Mm-hmm. We just made the joke about Major League Baseball not being able to use the likeness of Major League players. Will the no content have an issue down the road when it comes to attracting new viewers? Young young viewers? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. BT, I know that you were reading an article earlier this morning about how, you know, look, Major League Baseball with no content going on right now. And we joke about it. You go to MLB.com, there's there's no player images, there's no likeness. They all look no the same on I mean, this, uh, the websites. Everybody's and why the, is that? Well, actually, it's a funny story of why, why it is. I'm not sure. Exactly why. The Athletic took a deep dive into like why Major League Baseball did this. Remember at the press conference, Rob Manfred was asked, he said, hey, you removed all the content with all of the current players. Why'd you do that? Was it a legal move? He said, it is. But the Athletic got, like dug into it. The head of Brooklyn Law uh, looked, it, looked into it and he said, yeah, we can't find anything. I've been doing this over 40 years of why they would have to not utilize any of the uh, the current player stuff. So it just seems like another Wait, tactic. I went to... Rob Manfred uh, got something wrong? Do you think somebody in That's his office... shocking. Somebody in his office is like, you know, Rob, we... We got to take all the, the image likeness. That's that's a big legal issue. It's like they seem, hey, they seem to really like us right now. Let's piss them off more by just taking them. We'll act like they've never existed. Our biggest stars. Let's wipe them. So when people want to go do a little research, they'll go to other sites. They'll go other places. <laughs> they really want to dig in a, a, about the players. I went to over the weekend. I went to the the uh, Cardinals. It was uh, brunch with Fred Bird and Santa, and it was fantastic. Had a great time. Kids got to see uh, Fred Bird. That's How all. Was they, Santa? He, uh, Santa was fine. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, real quick. I think Santa was a little upset that Fred Bird was upstaging him. <laughs> I do. I think that the kids were going up. They were saying, hey, to Fred Bird, Santa was like a prop at this one. It's what it felt like. Now, that that wasn't uh, how I felt or how my children felt, but I felt like like that's what Santa felt like. Welcome to St. Louis, where Fred, Fred Bird, Bird. Where Fred Bird is more popular than Santa Claus. Some kids think well, he is that, Red. Uh, yeah, some kids think that True. Fred Bird is the is one Santa that Claus. sneaks down those, uh, those chimneys. I, I think but, he would do it if called upon. Oh, I'm sure he would. And I'm sure that he's actually probably broken into people's houses before. Oh, boy. Whoa. For that, food, because he's, be uh, you know, he loves well, fielding donuts. Well, feeding once in a while, Brad. Yeah, yeah, it's not my job. Uh, but I was going to say, the uh, part of this was you got free admission into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. And it's it's cool. If you've never been there, you should really check it out. If you're a Cardinal fan, you might want to check it out, uh, see the history. But there was nothing that uh, any video, because they play videos all throughout it, and it's like players greeting you and stuff, nothing with, with current players. And they told me at the front, it's like, hey, some of the videos are turned off. You know why. I'm like, I think so. I think I do. 
But it's a weird thing. So going back to the article, and this was at STL Today, but it was an Associated Press article. And it was talking about how, look, Gen Z, and Gen Z is loosely like those born between 95 and 2010. Their me. whole life. Yeah, yeah. Me, what, what year were you born? 1990. Not oh, quite. No, never no, mind. Not he's quite. Gen Y. I'm too old for that, boys. He's a millennial. So, yeah, he's a, he falls in the millennial, right? Yeah. yeah. He's with us. Yeah, I'm one of you, Anthony. He's our people. We're millennials? What I think so. Wait. There's Jamie no, may not be. No Me, look up what a millennial is no uh, before we get here. But he was t- they, they were talking about how there's so much. The whole life has been content, right? I mean, there, there's a, there's never a dull moment. The, the 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 this generation, right? Your Gen Z has never been bored before. Now, Major League Baseball poured a lot of assets into growing their social media, and they've done a really good job. And they were referencing on it the the TikTok. Okay, their their TikTok. Anthony, you're big on TikTok. Oh, I yeah. love your dances. Uh, they're fantastic. That was a great iteration of the Macarena. I think that we've got news on a millennial. Go yeah. ahead. Man. Gen Y apparently is born between 1981 and either 1994 or 1996. I don't know what the difference is. So there, is that a millennial? Uh, yeah, Gen Y, millennial, apparently same thing. Oh. What am I then? What year? 75. You're a boomer. <laughs> Maybe. I think that's older, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But they were talking yeah. about how the, curious, Anthony. The, uh, the TikTok, it, it locked out. Like So the last video that they had was Max Scherzer. He signed his deal. They were showing a video. It got tons of views. And now they've got nothing there, right? Like So the, the worry is that is it okay well you were here now you're gone now i don't care is it out of sight out of mind for a lot of younger fans older baseball fan they've got you already like you're going to be pissed off you're going to be angry the two sides are fighting you can use your millionaires and billionaires and you can say i'm angry when the season starts you're going to be there and you're, you're going to dig in and maybe you have dove into some of this uh, other content maybe you follow Major League Baseball on their various platforms of social media, whether it be TikTok, like Anthony is a big TikTok star. Yes. Mm-hmm. I it's like incredible. their dances, too. That's fine. Thank well, he's you. really good. Yeah. It's good content. I appreciate great it, music guys. selection. He gets the follow, entire family involved. Yeah, follow me on uh, the talk. I'm at Anthony Dance Moves. Anthony, what the heck's wrong with yeah, you? Give Seven. me your real TikTok name. That's what I did. Handle? You just did. That's what no, I did. Try, what is it? No, you don't want to ask him for his Address? handle. Address? <laughs> I, I did. Over eh? Anthony, uh, break moves. What do they call your TikTok 34. account? Is it a handle? What is it? I don't know. Like Twitter name? Like, a, like what is your TikTok? Why are we talking about his handle? Well, I, I'm trying to figure out what his name is. I think Jamie? it's just a name. It is. That's what That's I mean. It's all it's called. Your TikTok name? All right. So here's the question. Do you think that having no content, being out of sight, out of mind, is that a problem? Like, is that going to be an issue for young fans? I look at it right now and just say it's the offseason. They're probably not digging into all these videos anyhow. But I do want my superstars in front of people as much as I can. They've done a really good job, Major League Baseball, over the last year. Shohei Otani does something. Boom, they're putting out awesome content. Fernando Tatis Jr. does something. They're putting out the content. Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, like all your biggest stars, and they're there. And uh, uh, whether we like it or not, the attention span for a lot of younger people, and hell, this isn't just younger people, people in general. There's so much stuff that you can do. There's so much content in the world. It's shorter. And a lot of times they like to see stuff in a 30-second, minute, minute 30 clip, and okay, hits, I, baby. I've got the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have that in front of them, how big of an issue is that? And I do wonder. Leave us a text. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Like, do you consume Major League Baseball in that way? Do your kids, like, how how do your kids watch baseball? Do your kids even care about baseball? Because the old baseball fan, you're already in. The new baseball fan, you have to keep up. Now, it's great news that baseball, as far as playing the game, 
youth sports and baseball is growing while some sports are going down football being one of them because of a lot of the health concerns uh, with parents that's great news but for the major league baseball to continue to succeed continue to grow continue to make money you still have to continue to get that younger fan and get them engaged with your product and then figure out a way for them to start spending money on your product. And I wonder if this will have an effect on stuff like that. I think as long as Major League Baseball teams in their region do a good job of promoting their their well-liked, their favorite players, I don't think that it's going to be a huge deal. So here in St. Louis, I think if, if the Cardinals continue to do a great job promoting Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, you know, whoever – and kids, kids become familiar with those players, those names, those faces, maybe even their personalities. I think you're set. For me, being you know older now, my late 30s, I don't know about you guys. I I don't consume the the non games as as much as I did beforehand. So when I was younger, I needed to watch the pregame shows. Like I, I loved pregame shows. I loved halftime shows. I loved the the post game really? shows. I watched everything, and now unless you guys are on there, because I love I love watching you guys, I'm not compelled to watch the pregame show or you the post game show. The pregame and the post game. If you're on, I'm again I'm locked in. But when it Good comes content there, oh great content, wall to wall, no doubt. I'm talking more like a national. You should listen viewpoint. to the pregame and postgame content too, especially right here on 101 ESPN. Of course. I'm talking about from a national standpoint. Oh. World Series. I don't know if I'm watching a World Series preview show for two hours. Because you've mm-hmm. already got the content in your hands on a I want Twitter? the I want the game. I That's want the game and I move and I move forward. If I miss the game, well that too, sure. Yeah. But I'm not you know, I'm not I'm with you. I'm not compelled to watch if I see it the only time I watch a highlight is if I didn't watch the game. Like if I if I want to watch you know highlights or whatever, a lot of times I'll find like YouTube. You go to YouTube, and you can find all of the uh, all, the entire game. You can find you know clips of it, and you can just kind of go through it. I don't I don't necessarily need the 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 highlight version of it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I uh, for baseball and other sports, I'll watch the games. But uh, as far as any of the you know the pregame postgame stuff for national stuff. I'll consume it via social media, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in a in a drive-by little situation, just kind of thumbing through, and I'll read a little bit and then move sure. on and then just watch the game. All right, it's Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, and Anthony Stoltz. I didn't have an opportunity to talk earlier today with Coach Craig Berube, but he joins us right now via the Brown and Coopin Celebrity Line. And, uh, Coach, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for calling us back. Congratulations on what was a very gritty win last night for you guys over the Panthers. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it was a different game, that's for sure. Playing shorthanded and injuries in the game, goalie out of the game. I mean, I don't know, but guys found a way to come through. Yeah, they sure did. And, Chief, one of the things that was really noticeable uh, in the game was that, look, the first period wasn't working for you guys. Florida came out, they were skating, they were getting pucks in, they were possessing the puck, and for whatever reason, you know, it just wasn't working for you guys. Now, what what how do you approach that going in? I mean, the days of kicking down tables and breaking sticks and things like that, like I think those days are over. I mean, every now and then you need a little bit of a wake up speech, but as a coaching staff, how do you approach that? And what did you guys say last night between the first and second? Yeah, there's well, there's always different ways, I guess, and depending on the game and the feel. 
for me, it was we went out there the first period. And we wanted we you know I think we we felt like maybe it was we we're overmatched you know with everything going on, and you know it was more for me it was just uh, coming in and talking to the guys about a mindset and you know like we're in a we're in a good situation still it's only one nothing and we didn't play a good first period our goalie's playing well. And it's just about getting skating and, and playing and now, you know, not thinking the other way. So they, they, you know, they responded well. They did a good job because they realized it and they went out and skated in the second period and that changed everything. Is that something that you feel like throughout this? Because as you mentioned, it's just a, it's a crazy one where you, you win that game, but you do lose some players. Do you have to constantly reinforce that mindset? I mean, the guys understand it. They know what they're going through, but it can mount on the players. Is that something that you and your staff just continue to remind, not just in between periods, but just throughout all of this? Hey, we, we got to get the mind right. Yeah, I know. During the game, too, like things happen, goals go in and you get down, but you got to just keep reminding them there's a lot of time in a game and you got to stay positive. Uh, you know, there is times that you, you do it a different way too. You know, if they need something different, uh, if you, that's how you feel, you know, it's all a feel thing, but um, you know, our guys are pretty good at responding the right way all the time. So uh, they, they figure it out and realize, you know, that uh, they got to be better and, what they need and well, they, they, they do a good job of it. We, we were, you know, one of the best teams in the league coming from behind in games. I think right at the top of the league with like Carolina and I think there's one other team up there too. So our guys are good at it. They've done a good job. Uh, you know, we'd be, you know, I think we got to just realize that we can't go out in the first period and, you know, test the water or see what it's going to go like. we got to go dictate a little bit more than we are right now. Coach Craig Ruby joining us right now on the home of the Blues 101 ESPN. Coach, how, how do you guys keep it simple and coach on the fly? I mean, there's so many different names and uh, different faces that are coming in almost game to game now for you guys and your coaching staff. It's hard to, I'm sure, be like, hey, this is what we're about. This is what our culture is. This is what, you know, our scheme is. How do you guys coach on the fly and keep it simple? Well, the guys down in the minors are playing pretty much the same system, which is good. So uh, there's not a lot of teaching when it, when it comes to that because they've already been playing that. And, you know, the guys that are up here for the most part, you know, have played our system before and understand it. So, you know, fortunately, like, you know, a lot of our minor guys in the minors have played here for a couple number of years now, and they're used to what, what you know, they know what we expect and, and how we want to play the game. Now, Chief, when uh, when you have a number of guys go down, and you've had some some of your top players like David Perron, Robert Thomas, Jordan Bennington, Justin Falk, it's not like you're getting, you know, the depth guys that are leaving the lineup. How important is it that your guys that are remaining in the lineup, your top guys, perform like top guys? And an example that I would just like to pick your brain on is, you know, a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko. He's had a great first part of the season, and, and then he, it kind of dried up there for a, just a couple games where he wasn't maybe creating the opportunities or getting the opportunities, but he comes back last night, and specifically in the second and third, he's skating, he's moving the puck. You can tell when he's out there, but how important is it for those guys to keep operating at a high level? Well, it's really important. Uh, you, you know, the O'Reilly's and, and Shen's and Tara Sankos, they got a lead. And they got to produce for our team for sure. But uh, we're we're lucky enough too that you know we have Cairo, uh, you know, scoring and playing really well. And 
Barbashev. And, you know, we our team's pretty much balanced. We score by committee, in my opinion. We need everybody to produce. And, you know, Army went out and added Saad and Bushnevitz this summer. And they're both producing and doing a great job, too. So we got really good depth that way. Um, you know, and on the back end too, we got a lot of pe- lot of guys that chip in and produce. So you know, it's uh, kind of a committee thing that we need everybody, and we expect guys that get called up from the minors to to help produce too. You know, Brownie's doing a great job so far and chipping in a couple goals, got an assist last night. So everybody's doing their part and chipping in and helping out. Uh, Jamie mentioned uh, a minute ago after a tough first period you went in and, and talked to the guys and he said hey gone are the days of breaking the sticks flipping the spread but but I'm guessing you played in the days of breaking the <laughs> sticks and flipping the spread who was the most intense coach that you played for who was the guy that put on the best show um, I think the guy that probably scared the guys the most when I played was probably Paul Holmgren oh, when God, he got yeah. mad and came, he grabbed the stick all the time too which is even more dangerous uh, Jim Schoenfeld was another one for me. Like he, he was unbelievably in the room, you know, when he, when he was mad or he wanted to get after the guys, he was pretty good at it. Now, Chief, that. the one thing that, so you said you brought up Holmgren and Jim Schoenfeld and I had coaches too, and you did too, the guys that try to come in and pull it off and, you know, you're like, ah, you know, it is what it is. But when you have a guy that actually is capable of taking a stick and smashing it over your head, it has a bigger impact, doesn't it? Well, especially those two guys. They played the game, you know. And they, if you watch them the way they played the game, you knew that they were capable of it. <laughs> yeah, they sure were. Now, uh, not to dive too deep into some of the injury stuff because I know it's just overwhelming, but Billy Huso uh, playing great for you guys during this stretch, and he had a fantastic game going up until last night where a bit of a weird play. He looked a little uncomfortable. Then you finally got him out of there. But now moving forward, uh, with what you have currently as goaltenders, which it, it appears to be Charlie Lindgren and John Gillies for the time being. Is there anything that you guys as a coaching staff are looking to reinforce or something different that you're going to implement for your team that's in front of these young goalies? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think you go down that road that you know like that. I, I, I think guys know that you know we can't you got to do certain things out there. And, you know, I think these guys, Charlie, Charlie's played some really good games in the NHL and he's played really well in the minors. I think, you know, he's, I think guys feel pretty comfortable with him to be honest with you. Uh, Right from training camp, we thought that uh, he did really well at camp and uh, really got the attention of all our guys. Our players love him. So I I don't know. I think our team's going to play really hard in front of him. That's my opinion on it. Coach, we know you got a lot to do, especially with with so many players that are either banged up or on the uh, you know the COVID list. So we'll 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 let you go. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Yep, thanks guys. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. That's Coach Craig Ruby here in the fast lane on one hundred and one at ESPN. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that he's having any sort of fun. You get a you get an opportunity to get you know uh, a, a win like that, and Billy Huso goes out. I do wonder though, and Jamie, you're a coach. There, there, there must be some aspect of it where you're kind of you are coaching on the fly. You are being challenged. There must, there must be some sort of uh, spark to it for Craig Ruby and his staff. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly knows what he's doing. Uh, Colton Pareko, veteran players, they know what they're doing. There's not necessarily a ton of coaching to be done, 
But when you're getting young players in like Logan Brown and you're getting uh, a Billy Huso or now you know you got another goaltender coming in that's that's young and unproven, I, I do wonder if the, the the that leadership spark, that coach spark, is kind of flying right now. Yeah, of course it is. And I think that uh, to Craig Bruby's point, like he's got the guys, they know what they're doing, and they play the same systems and the minors and all that. that that's great, and it's true. But there's something to be said to where your leadership group has to not just step up verbally, but it's, you know, showing the other guys how to do it and leading by example out there. And then, yeah, the coaching on the fly is going to be Mike Van Ryan, Steve Ott, Craig Berube, uh, Jim Montgomery, heck, Sean Farrell, the video coach, making sure he grabs guys because the new guys are in your lineup, no matter what they're playing in the minors or with some other team, it's always just slightly different. And there's some, some recognitions that'll be different. There is maybe some terminology that could be different. Maybe there's some just general overall concepts that are slightly different. And you want to make sure you have that all, you know, taken care of. You don't want to get in the middle of a game and a guy goes, well, I didn't really know I was split. No, no. So the coaching job isn't necessarily to revamp everything and teach them everything or tell them all about what you guys are and the culture and all that. No, your leadership group and your players in the locker room, they do, they should be doing that automatically. And then when you go through practice and you're going through some of the video and talking to them, you're paying attention to what they say, the questions that they're asking, because the questions that they're asking, sometimes they're asking it in a way where they're trying not to be in trouble but you know that if they're asking that question, there's more behind it. And then it's a coach's job to go digging deeper and deeper to find out exactly what the player's asking, exactly what the player's worried about, so that you don't get in that game. Like last night against the Florida Panthers, a 3-3 tie, and you got to put a guy in there who hasn't played much for you. You want to know that if push comes to shove, the player's ready to go. Absolutely. Of course, you don't. You'd rather have it the other way, where you you have your your veteran players and well, you can yeah. mix and match that way. But you know, it's it's also but nice too, guys. It's what it is right now, it, right? And I it's mean, also what nice. What do you do? It's also nice to some degree, guys, that you get you get an opportunity to evaluate some of these players. You know, all these guys you might be hearing yeah, about I think in the minor leagues. Training camp, certainly, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> but you know what? You don't get in training camp. You don't get the real the real situations where the games count. That was something I was going to ask you because a lot of these guys uh, they 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 were around in training camp, so you have an idea of what Craig Berube wants from you. But how different are, or maybe they're not. Like maybe there is the the group think, but uh, I I don't know if it works this way. How different are the systems when these guys are playing? Uh, you know, in Springfield, is Springfield running what Craig Berube runs? Like, is that a yeah. t- is that a club owned by the the Blues where what? they can do what they want with it? No, they're not owned by the Blues, but they uh, they are run. The hockey ops department is run by the Blues, which means they That's get to good. pick yeah, the perfect. coaching staff. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the coaching staff that you picked is doing the exact same thing as your NHL club. And having played for many teams, insert joke wherever you want there. Uh, a lot of different teams had different systems. And so, like, when I was in uh, a couple of, like, Florida Panthers, for one thing, you know, they ran a completely different system than the minor league team, which was weird because then you had to try and bring everybody up to speed, whoever got called up, and sometimes it was a nightmare, and sometimes it hurt the development of the player because the player gets up there, has a couple of bad shifts, or doesn't know what he's doing, and the coach like, I'm done with this guy. Meanwhile, it just has nothing to do with how good he is. It's just the understanding of what you're doing right. with the big He's speaking club. speaking a different language. Now, when I was with the Ottawa Senators, uh, they mandated that their minor league team run everything identical. That would make sense. And it's it, a smart way to do it if you can pull it off. If you can pull it off. But you have to have the right coaching staff that's in place, and you, you have, have to, to make sure that your, your 
you have to make sure that your NHL coaching staff is teaching your minor league coaching staff what they mean and and how they want to coach it. And in Detroit, when I played for the Red Wings, it was the exact same thing. It was seamless. Guys would come up, and we had a ton of injuries the year, the one year where we won the President's Trophy. We had a ton of injuries, and we had a bunch of guys that get called up and fit in like no problem. Now, of course, you had a bunch of Hall of Famers around it to make sure everything was smooth, but you still had to play these guys. And because the minor league team was coaching with the exact same systems and terminologies and things like that, guys had the advantage of just coming up, practicing hard, knowing what's going on, and then being ready for the game. I think it's I think it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Tomorrow night, the Blues will take on the Red Wings pregame starting at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Our Sports 6 back is next. 65780 is here. Comfort Service text line. you got a question for us, send it in, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take it on next on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Get your texts in at 65780. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me. The Sports Six Pack is brought to you by Schlafly Beer with three brew pubs offering both beer and food in the St. Louis area. Time for the Sports Six back here in the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN 65780 is here at Comfort Service Tax Line. You got questions, still time to get some in. Here's me with your questions. Question number one. Boys, how about an ethics test? It's time to test your morals. Oh, All boy. right. I'm out. No, this should All be right. this should be fine. It'll be great. It'll go well. It'll be it's mm-hmm. gonna be wonderful. Who do we think really quick looking around is gonna have the highest morals? Ohio meat. Oh, stop it. Stop that. Anthony, I think yeah, that probably. you're gonna do great here. You think so? No. No. It's meat, right? No. Oh, thanks, I'd like BT. To, I'd like to forfeit. We, we can all agree it's not Jamie. We're gonna tie for first. Why do you gotta do that? We're gonna tie for first here is what's gonna happen. Why you gotta do that? You know why. Why are you getting so defensive yeah, over there, well, Jamie? I don't understand why you gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, me. All right. Imagine you are a college athlete. You're getting ready to hopefully get drafted. Probably gonna be a first, maybe second round draft pick. You're, you're you know you're gonna get drafted in the NFL draft this spring. Your team has a chance to play in a bowl game. It's a bowl game that doesn't really matter. Do you play? Hold on. This is a morals thing? Yeah. This is morals? Yes. What the, it, the team that you fought with all season long? What type you're of gonna, what, Are you going to leave them or are you to be what selfish? Bowl what kind it? of bowl? Yeah, what bowl? It's um, not one of the main It's four. like the, uh, the, the Cheez-It Bowl. Are we talking about it's like a like the Rose six? Bowl? No, it's, it's not a... It's I a, always a, use a bowl for my cheese. It's a bowl that does not matter. The... Quick Lube Texas Alamo Bowl. Wow, I'll mm. play in that one. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, but that bowl's so easy to get into. You know? Yeah, I'd probably play. If honestly. You're, you're a first rounder. I'm going to play. And then you're going to tear your ACL and your career is I, out the door. I am at the very least. Sign a waiver. I'm or a not a waiver. Player. I'll sign, I'm a, sign an insurance policy. I'm going to look for a little advice policy. here. Exactly. Yeah. Here's the question is like, how much higher can your stock get? At that point, like, like there are times, like if you're a fringe guy, like fringe first round, second round guy, we know how, you know, the, the advantages of being a first rounder, maybe it's worth playing in that game. Like you have to know, but if you're, if you know, you're a top 10 pick, what is the point of hurting yourself in that game? It's different if a national championship is on the line, but with all of these coaches leaving left and right, I, I'm sorry, gone are the, the days of like, you owe it. Like, oh, he just recruited me and said he's going to be here the whole time. He just left. We had a chance at Notre Dame. Brian Kelly just left. We could have been in, barring a couple of different losses. So if, I don't know, to me, I was listening today. It was uh, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Mm-hmm 
who's one of the Heisman finalists, he was on with Dan Patrick. And Dan asked him, like, straight up. And he tiptoed, boy, he danced around this one. He said, ah, you know, it's been a couple of crazy days. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to talk it over with my family. And we're going to find out he ain't playing in that game. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a first-round pick. And, you know, he, he's going to go make his money and not get hurt. You see guys all the time that they go and play in these games. They get huge insurance policies. And chances are nothing will happen. What if it did? You sign your name and you make millions. I don't know. I don't know if it's I'm a, playing. I'm going to ball right. out. Yep. I'm playing. It's not it's even what a I do. I play. I let my agent or whoever, my representatives, take out this massive insurance policy. But uh, I'm a football player. And what about the guy that's beside me in the locker room who's a good player? He might get a chance to be drafted to the NFL if the team does well or he has a big game. I'd be an ass. He can still have a big <laughs> hole, Jamie. <laughs> Almost had to dump me there. As a hole. As a be. hole. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm playing. Yeah, I'm into. Good call, Jamie. You're looking at these guys all season long. Fight for me, and I'll fight for you. Until it's the bowl game, I'm out. Until, yeah. Now, is it the smartest thing to do? Hell no. Brad's got the right thought on that, but I'm playing. Yeah, look, chances are I would play Sign too because I'd never be in this position of first and second rounder. I'm <laughs> just trying to get drafted here. Maybe I can smoke somebody See? in this game. Exactly. Imagine if the first rounder guy doesn't show up. Now Good, more opportunity yeah, for me. More opportunity. Uh, yeah, fantastic. You know, QB, there, you don't want to play? There was a young pitcher. I've been mocks over here reading books. There was a young pitcher. At Dixie State College, mm. that scouts showed up to to not watch. Yeah, they went to see, they went to see a shortstop, Kyle Boyer. Uh, Kyle Boyer was his name, or whoever or, it was. Or player X. And you know who pitched that day? Kyle Boyer. Somebody mm -hmm. who wound up getting drafted sure by did. the St. Louis Cardinals. Imagine that. And that. Twelve rounds later than Kyle Boyer. And that pitcher, that pitcher, was Seth Manis. Wait, what? No, it was Brad. It was Brad Thompson. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, oh, man, I wish I had talked to Seth about going to Dixie State. I totally screwed the pooch on that. Question number two. So the Blues dealing with some roster issues, don't have many healthy bodies. The NHL not really uh, helping them with matters. Uh, when they get everybody back, everybody's healthy, uh, kind of a full roster, what does Logan Brown, what, what happens to him? Has he earned a job? Yeah. I think he stays. I don't see how you send him back down. One, he had 17 points in 19 games or whatever in Springfield. It kind of shows you that you know, he's dominating down there. And that's all you ask of your guys that you send, especially your young guys, when you send them to the minors, is you have to be the best player down there before you can come up here. And based on what the scouting reports are and what the people I've talked to watch the games, he was the best player on the ice. Him and Perunovic were the two best players on the ice night in and night out, and we all know that Scott Perunovic is going to be staying here for the duration of the season. I'm watching Logan Brown get three points in four games. He's anchoring the second power play unit yesterday. He's getting more and more comfortable out there. His pace of play is, is fantastic. I think that's the only thing that was his knock before was he's got the big baby giraffe syndrome, syndrome is what it is. Six foot six, and it took him a little while to get his legs going, but now after a, a summer of training really hard, his speed is fantastic. He's keeping up to the Florida Panthers, who are one of the fastest teams in the league and making a difference. He had a couple of really great plays. I don't see how he benefits by going back to the American Hockey League. I just think that being here in St. Louis is the key, even if it's at the expense of a James Neal. James Neal's a guy you picked up as a depth insurance policy that, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. He's an older guy, you know, so how much runway does he have left? I'd rather play Logan Brown in a fourth line spot where he's playing seven to 10 minutes a game and develop him so that I've got him for the next six, seven years, maybe rather than a one and done. What about James Neal though? Oh, well, 
Real deal's going to be just fine. Have you seen his salary history? Mm. It'd be just fine. All right. Question number three. Uh, with the uh, the holiday season here, boys, Christmas upon us soon. Uh, I want to know at your households, kind of uh, what kind of food spread do you leave out for Santa Claus? It's like a cookie thing, or are you the, yeah. the monsters who leave out like carrots and celery? Whiskey. Well, the carrots are for the reindeer. Yeah, yeah the reindeer. Yeah, the reindeer yeah. want cookies too. They're working hard. They don't well, want celery and no, carrots. We well, have, uh, no, I think they like the celery and the carrots. I yeah, do. It's I good for them about mm-hmm. that. And a little reindeer food. Yeah. What would be the reindeer food? Well, it's a mixture of reindeer food. You sprinkle it in the front yard. It's got some glitter in it, too, so that when they're flying over, they know it's yeah, a they can see it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, they can see that they're being fed. Yeah. Hey, kids, oh. you can make it at home. Huh? Just look up reindeer food. You can make your own reindeer food. Put it in the front yard. That's You'll interesting. Love it. Okay. Great idea, Parents are going to love yeah. that, too. Hmm. Yeah, oh, they like good. it. Of course yeah, they it's, it's all edible does, for the reindeer. Does the reindeer food uh, kill your lawn? I don't think so. Or does no, it uh, seed and fertilize your lawn? No, I don't think it does either. Well, I think I, what I happens is the reindeer land and maybe just, fertilize your lawn. Yeah, they'll help out. Okay. Everyone, it's called green envy. Bit hey, damn right you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meat. Call. Um, Lots of best. cookies, though. Spread. Yeah. Cookies, yeah, cookies and milk. 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 So, like, Keep why it mess traditional. With yeah, a couple of, uh, I think we do a couple of carrots as well for the, the reindeer. Yeah, yeah. usually yeah. it's uh, around our household. Uh, you know, the whole family gets together, makes different variations of cookies. Yeah. You know, so we'll leave a, a spread out for Santa. Absolutely. I don't know what he's had at the houses beforehand. So I want to give him a little, little bit of a yeah. choice. Yeah. What about a little like bit of co- assortment? Coca-Cola. That was always... It was we a commercial. That was a commercial. Meat. I know, but mm-hmm. we always left a Coca-Cola for Santa. Because you fell for the commercial. It's like, oh, Santa loves Coke. Everybody well, loves Coke. Sant- That's well, how it keeps going on. Right. Exactly. We're still talking about the drink, right? How many right? houses we got? <laughs> I can't wait. A billion? I'm in. Hey, that's how he gets all those houses. <laughs> exactly. Honey, exactly. let's build some more. Yeah. <laughs> let's get ahead for next year. <laughs> How'd it go, honey? I'm back. Let's uh, start for 2022 now. I'm already now. done. Yeah. Rudolph, dust off that nose. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's not snow. <laughs> Poor Rudolph. <laughs> no, well, I think how do you think he got that red nose? <laughs> Poor bastard has a habit cost him thousands of dollars a day. <laughs> Question number four. I'm surprised he got left out of all the reindeer games. <laughs> he had the stuff. <laughs> Couldn't pass the test. <laughs> oh no, don't invite Rudolph. Uh, as high as a kite. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> no either. Ask the right. question. Excuse right. me. How hard is it? Jamie BT. So obviously the Blues going through some issues right now with the roster. I just, pic- I just picture somebody picking up their kids right now. <laughs> what are they talking about, Danny? <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> You're talking about Rudolph. It's the abominable snowman. <laughs> I bet it is. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, have you guys ever been on a team where from a, a roster perspective, an available player perspective, that you've just felt like you, there, there's no control or whatever? Like you're at a loss, like what the Blues feel right now, where you have no control over anything. Like your back's up against the wall. Have you ever had that? Like injuries pile up and all of a sudden half your team is gone or something like, along those lines? Not that bad. Not with injuries that bad. I've been on teams where you just know, wow, we're not very good. And no matter the Royals, no, we can, the Royals, we can, no, I, no, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or you just knew that it's just like ah, this is gonna be an uphill climb. Oh, hell, I got a job here. We can't be great. <laughs> you know, it was one of those. <laughs> Wait, they signed me, and, oh, but, but things got better for them for a minute. 
Uh, so so that worked out well. But yeah, like there are times where you just know, like whatever you do, like you, you can go out and you can battle, but you're not gonna go win a championship. But I've never been, uh, you know, even in, in in 06, we had lots of injuries that, that year. But we also had like stars that got injured for periods of time, and then they ended up getting healthy at the right time, so you knew the team was going to be good. Uh, but I haven't dealt with something like the Blues are dealing with now, you know, because COVID wasn't around then. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, it's a real dent in things. It, it well, what it does is it picks up speed downhill for you quickly. And if you have a couple of injuries that are pop up, and you know, some you got to battle through the injuries, and all of a sudden you're two and three players quickly add those guys to the list because of COVID. Now you're six, seven guys deep, and you're like, whoa, what Not happened great. there? Not great. So I, I would agree with with BT. Same for me. I never lose on a team that was absolutely decimated with injuries. Um, some teams that weren't great, and yeah, we had lots of injuries at times, but not decimated like the Blues are right now. That's your sports four pack here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're going to play more likely to next in the fast lane. You've come to the right place. You're in the fast lane. Brought to you by Schnucks on 101 ESPN. ESPN, Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, and Anthony Stalter. Meet Scott are more likely to statements. Boys, who is more likely to get fired Jamie. this? Oh, oh Anthony! Oh, oh for I, saying something they shouldn't say? Correct. Wow, and Brad. Look, this I was an easy BT one. On that one. This was an easy one for me a couple of years ago. Well, hell, a year ago. I think Jamie ago. gives you. I think Jamie gives you some... Oh, no. A really good challenge. Yeah, I've got some cushion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the difference. Jamie would yeah, be the I one think. to say something very inappropriate and not realize that it's really that inappropriate and you shouldn't say it on air. BT would be the hot mic situation where what? he knows the rules, yeah, but Brad, like there's a hot mic somewhere better. and you accidentally slip something when Whose you don't fault realize. Was the hot mic? Well, it wouldn't be mine. Oh, I, think, I thought you were saying like BT would go right up to the line and then one of those days he f- just followed. Oh, up. no, he just goes up to the line anyway. And no. then one day he just says what he was going to say, not realizing that the mic is actually on. Shame so. on you. When would that happen? What if I said something on a break where you're like, ah, oh, you better not say that on the air? Is last, that 45 last seconds break, ago? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's fair. What was the really question? terrible? Who's more likely to get fired this season in the NFL, Matt Nagy or Mike Zimmer? Yeah. Yep. Yep, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, plenty of time on your hands there. <laughs> it's more and more clear every time I hear it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, By the way, that was Matt too. Nagy saying peanuts. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's shopping. <laughs> okay. but, I'm sure either. No, it's definitely Matt Nagy if you're, if you're ch- taking the two of those. Uh, that That is, I mean, that is done. That's a wrap. Matt Nagy oh, God, is yeah. gone. And I you, can't even believe he's going to finish the season there. Good call. You I better, bet two weeks left they get they gas him. Because that's kind of how the NFL does it. Like a week or two weeks left, they're like, yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. See you later. Mike, Mike Zimmer loses his job as well, though, right? Depends on how they finish. We did talk about them as like a playoff team, and we we were pretty was, adamant before, before they lost, they lost <laughs> to the Lions. <laughs> before they lost to the Lions. The freaking Lions. Well, yeah, congratulations again to the Lions. They should have lost Campbell. to the Lions earlier the year, this know. year in Minnesota, too. I know. 
but uh, yeah, Matt Nagy's done. Team that was going to cling to it. You better you you better say goodbye to Ryan Pace too, the general manager. I mean, don't don't stop at at Matt Nagy. You know, Mr. Trubisky himself. Exactly. Will they do that though? A lot of times they just uh, say, "Ah, you have to." This part will happen. No. Who else is getting fired? By the way, I know we're not trying to go down this seat. Vic Fangio probably. What about Joe Judge? Joe Judge going to be out? I don't think. I don't think they'll let go of Joe Judge. I. I think Vic Fangio is a really good call. What about Coley in Houston? I know he was on the hot seat for a while. Nobody even knows knows he is the head coach. So, no, he's safe. I I wonder if Pete Carroll, they do kind of a mutual, it's it's been fun. You know, hey, see you later. Just to keep Russ? Mutual, like, release? Yeah, mutual. Well, mutual parting of ways. That's never mutual. And they say uh, philosophical differences. Hmm. Something like that. I've heard about those. Do you think that that ever happens? Do you think that there's ever a a real like, hey, we just sat down for a nice meal and decided this ain't working for us. No. So I'm going to go this way. They're going to go that way. Even when both parties know it's just not working out, there's still going to be at least one person in said party that is going to try to make the other person miserable, even though... They they know that it just wasn't working out. That's how the baseball works. Mm. It's funny you played that one. Know what I mean? Mm. It's mm. not your job. That's not necessary. Like one side is like deep down. They're like, oh, I know this this wasn't working out with this other person, mm-hmm. but screw it. I'm going to make them miserable no matter what. Yeah, I've seen that happen. It seems it doesn't pointed. usually work out. Who's most likely to win the NFL MVP? Tom Brady or the field? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Damn it. You gonna give Brady. me everybody else? Yeah. yeah. Give me the entire field. Yeah, Josh absolutely. Allen, Lamar you Jackson. Have, whoever you, you want. You can have the CFL too. Even Patrick Mahomes. Kyler Lamar Jackson Murray. hasn't played well in four weeks. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played well in four hey, weeks. You shut your mouth. You know it, me. I know. I'm I'll shut takes, it, but you. St- it doesn't matter. It's you know all right. it. Keep talking. It just takes one massive injury. Look, I'm gonna take the field. You're playing the odds on this one. Yeah. No, you know it's Brady, but you're just going to play the odds. Absolutely is exactly what's going on. I do. I respect that. I figure even though the league probably won't want to give it to Aaron Rodgers, if he just has a December to remember, all of a sudden people are like, ah, maybe. maybe Brady is hurt. Yeah, that's all it takes. Even though it's not. Randy's at home cheering. (laughs) (laughs) Even though though it's a non-quarterback and quarterbacks typically win MVP, if it's not Brady this year, I think the person that has emerged – over the last couple of weeks is Jonathan Taylor, running back at the Colts. He's been really good. He, if the Colts wind up either catching Tennessee. Is he a St. Louis kid? No. No? Ezekiel Elliott is. No, John I Burroughs. He, I thought he was. Uh, no, all he did first was star on a very hit show called uh, Home Improvement. Nope, wrong guy. Did that, that was a great show. It was yeah. a really good I show. Have Tim Taylor as your no. dad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. No. Had a neighbor, Tim the Toolman, and Wilson. Never saw the guy's face. No, no, Wilson was in that movie with Tom Hanks. No, uh, Wilson played multiple roles. Hmm. So the same guy, the same guy that played the neighbor for Tim the Toolman Taylor, also played the volleyball for Tom Hanks in Castle. He was a mold. Mm -hmm. Of very round head. Okay, yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. You never saw his face. How do you know that's wrong? It's true. I didn't say was. I didn't say it was wrong. You said it's skeptical. A little bit. You said, I said, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but you said it was stank. I didn't say it was I know stank. when you're kind of says stuff everything with stank. With, with stank. Hey, how about a, a random one that's not going to win, <laughs> uh, you know, win MVP by any means? Maybe he wins Depoy. What about Micah Parsons? 
Yeah, good call. That he's having. Well, he's only had what twelve sacks, thirteen it's, sacks, whatever it is. It's a lot. I mean, he he's set the rookie record. Up. Yeah, he's been great. What are, they don't have the wins, and his touchdown numbers are a little off. But uh, what about Derek Carr? Like the overall yards what? are there? Oh I, I, I know the wins look obviously not the numbers. There. Seriously, yeah. I don't you look at the care. numbers for Nobody's Derek Carr. Nobody's even talking about him. He's not going to win the There's MVP. There's a reason. But he might be, and, and maybe this is a segment to do it some other time. Who are the players that we're not talking about that we should? Because Derek Carr is putting up the yards. I mean, he's doing he's doing everything that he possibly could do. Yet this team is just, uh, you know. It was Kirk Cousins a week ago. I mean, it's the same conversation, doing everything he could. The guy that you should be talking about, but nobody is. Mm-hmm. They lost mm-hmm. to the Lions. Yeah, that sucked. I'm going to go with Trevor Simeon. All right, he's not even trying anymore. <laughs> he's, I think he he's totally given up. But actually, Anthony from the six three six on the text line, going back to our last conversation, he uh. said, uh, "Castaway was uh, oddly enough filmed in a school." <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But Home Alone, it absolutely was. No, they got tours going on now. And Home Alone was a, a fact. Home Alone was a house. It was a real house. Yeah, the but outside. They, did they the took movie. pictures of the outside. Exactly. The show or the it movie, was, I mean. It was in a school. Filmed in a school. In Thanks, a pool. Me. In a school pool. That's the dumbest crap Fun, I've ever heard. The final the scene, the ending scene, when the, when the basement they is flooded. flooded all the wet bandits. In a pool. Uh, they had to do the so high school much pool. demo to clean that house up. Yep. The McAllister house. I've driven by that house. I'm sure you have. I have. It was on the outside, they're, Jamie. They're giving tours of that house. It, the How outside could they give it the house isn't going to look they're like the movie. They're not giving tours of the school. I'm sure like, they are. Think about it. I'm sure they are. I hear the family that lives there still touches the doorknob just to make sure it's not hot. Mm-hmm. It's an urban legend, and you know it. Uh, it's a house. Remember Urban Legend, the movie? How many yeah. of those did yeah. they make? 14? That? I don't know. That was like Final Legends. Destination was the one that had yeah. like 15. Mm-hmm. Did Urban Legend have that many? The first Final Destination was good. It the was. The first Saw How do you have multiple good. Final Destinations, by the way? <laughs> That's a good, good point. Because death I mean, didn't catch up to everybody. Yeah. Tell me you're not terrified every time you're on the highway and see a truck every haul, hauling time. some logs. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to die. Oh, those yeah. things are going to snap off. I'm going to die. Yep. My luck, it would hit the cement, even yeah. though they, those things don't bounce too much no. or shouldn't. That bounce right up. It's going to ricochet right through the windshield. You're done. And my luck, I would, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right then that I would, I, I would just, just be. suffer. Yeah. <laughs> the gauntlet is stacked on Prepare the gauntlet. Four warriors, four categories. One challenger. Spinning into the end zone. Touchdown. Into Big Mac land. Shinsy scores! BT's got this freaking... Oh! Can you survive? The Gauntlet. The Gauntlet is brought to you by Hot Shots Sports Bar and Grill. Blues Roulette, drink specials, and food specials at Hot Shots during every Blues game. Time for the Gauntlet in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 407. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jeff is back after beating me yesterday in the Gauntlet. What's up, Jeff? What's up, guys? How you guys doing today? We're doing well. So you have an opportunity now, Jeff, to take on Jamie Rivers in hockey, BT in baseball, or meet in random trivia. Which way are you going? Uh, I'm going to take on BT today. Okay. All right, Jeff. You took yes, that, Anthony. I'm a, I'm a little nervous now, to be honest with you, but I'm going to act like I'm not. Starting now. Bring well, it on, Jeff. Okay, he's got the confidence right yep. back. I really don't. I, the mics are still on. Okay. Get him, Jeff. <laughs> All right. As BT <laughs> makes his way into the cone of silence, everybody knows, if you listen, 
Four questions for BT and Jeff. Each question worth two points unless these guys need the options. Therefore, those questions are worth one point. Jeff chose BT today, so all of these questions are baseball related. Jeff, you ready to go? Yep. Which Major League Baseball franchise owns the longest active championship drought? Mm. Which team is going gonna... longest without a World Series title? We are going to go... I need the options. The Rangers, the Guardians, the Mariners. Guardians mm. slash Cleveland Indians. Indians. Yeah. The Guardians team. don't have Guardians a drought. Drought. Yeah. They haven't even Indians. had a chance yet. Rangers, yeah. Indians, I'm going to go to the Guardians. All right, question two. What team was leading all of Major League Baseball with 74 wins when play stopped for the 1994 strike? Ninety-four. I need the options. Was it the Yankees, the Expos, or the Braves? We'll go Braves. All right, Jeff, question number three. What college did Chris Bryant play his college ball at? Um... I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Kyle Berkeley. All right. Final question for you, Jeff. Which player was traded at the July deadline in back-to-back years and won the World Series both times? Mm, I need the options. Was it Cliff Lee, Jake Peavy, or Kurt Schilling? I think it was Jake Peavy. All right, let's bring back BT. How you feeling, Jeff? Uh, not good. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll see. BT's making his way back in from the Slowly. cone of silence right now. He's got his coffee in hand. Ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. You locked in? You you, you still semi confident? A lot of coffee today. So mm. yeah, I'm pretty locked. Right, good. Question one. Yeah, no. How do I, how do I need to do? Like excellent. You, had to, you have to do excellent. All right. Done. Easy. Question one. Which MLB franchise owns the longest active championship drought? I mean, there's a few that haven't won it, right? So, longest championship drought. Milwaukee. You better give me the options just in case. Is it the Rangers, the Indians slash Guardians, the Mariners? It's the Indians. Stupid. It was the Cubs, then it was the Indians. Stupid. All right, PT, question two. What an idiot, Jamie. What team was leading all of Major League Baseball with 74 wins when play stopped for the 1994 strike? I 
think it was the Expos. I want to say that the Expos were just on fire. Tony Gwynn was hitting like 400-ish, too. Obviously not for the Expos. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm just going to go with Montreal. All right, BT, question number three. Oh, what, they were on the list. What college did Chris Bryant play his college ball at? Oh, I should really know this. I'm pretty sure... Didn't he go to San Diego State? Did he go to San, San Diego San Diego State? I thought he went to San Diego State. Give me the options just in case. I don't want to screw this up. All right. Your options were Chris Bryant went to college, the University of San Diego, UCLA, or Cal State Long Beach. San Diego, not state. I would have screwed that up. It was San Diego. Question number four. Which player was traded at the July deadline in back-to-back -back years and won the World Series both times? Traded at the deadline and won the World Series in back-to-back -back years. What years? Can't give it to you. Can't. Give it to me, Anthony. I can't. Please. No. I don't care how First time he's heard that, much you're big. Um, and Zobris won in back-to-back -back years. I'm not sure he got traded during the season. Give me the options. Cliff Lee, Jake Peavy, Kurt Schilling. They won it in back-to-back -back years. That is correct. Cliff Lee, Rangers, Phillies. Honestly, go to today, Junior. Easy. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling, it is. I love that All right, well, let's go with that Jerks. one. Which which player was <laughs> traded at the July deadline in back-to-back -back years and won the World Series each time? Jeff, with the options, you went Jake Peavy. BT, with the options, you went Kurt Schilling. Correct answer was? Uh, it was Jake Peavy. 2013 and 2014. I believe the Red Sox acquired him in 13. The Giants acquired him in 14. Won the World Series both times. Don't remember that Text line also mentions Jack Peterson. Mm -hmm. Oh, hot damn. Hmm. Well, Jock wasn't no, traded. Yeah, Jock no, wasn't Jack traded. wasn't he was traded, traded to the Dodgers. He, yeah, he, he was... played for the Dodgers. Right. And he got traded this year. Yeah. On it. yeah. So which player has been yeah. traded? Yeah, so the... take that! Yeah. <laughs> Texans? Even, even I knew that. So Jeff is up 1-0 on BT. Which MLB franchise yeah. owns the longest active championship drought? Jeff and BT both with the options went with the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. Correct answer was? It's the Cleveland Guardians slash Indians. There you go. So Jeff's got a 2-1 lead over BT. What college did Chris Bryant play ball at? Jeff, you went Cal Berkeley. No options. BT, you went University of San Diego. Correct answer was? It was the University of San Diego. We got a 2-2 tie, gentlemen. Right, right. Two, 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 uh, two, two tie. You guys have different uh, different options, different on, answers on, on this question. Mm. One of you is correct, mm. which means one of you will win today. What team was leading Major League Baseball with 74 wins when play stopped for the 1994 strike? Jeff, you went with the Hotlanta Braves. BT, you went with the now defunct Montreal Expos. Well, the now Washington Nationals. The now, yeah, Washington Nationals. Jeff. 
You have chosen poorly. You lose! Not today! <laughs> it was a Montreal Expos. Yeah, and BT. it was a heartbreaker for this Canadian, I'll tell you that much. BT got you 4-2. <laughs> I knew he he was pretty uh, confident in the expo, so I figured that was it. Well, Jeff, appreciate it. You were uh, you were a pleasure the last two days, my man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, man. You guys, have, you guys have a great day. Thank you. you uh, same to you, Jeff. Thank you. Look, there are a lot of things that I say with confidence that are flat out wrong. So, you know, like the manager <laughs> of the year this past year for the AL. Stamped that, it. Dusty Baker. That one you knew, though. Is it just me, BT, or did Jeff send an awful, like, an awful lot like Shad Khan? Oh, yeah, a little bit of that. A little bit of that draw. He was super nice. Jeff was super nice. Well, of course he's I didn't he's say nice. Shad Khan wasn't nice. He just sounded He's like got him. a little draw. Mm. Or draw. <laughs> he did. I still want to go back to that day. Because I, <laughs> I, do. I, I don't think I said it that Anthony, way. Anthony, you went full on Chaps yeah. Spurs. Oh, yeah. Right. Urban, come on come into on the in office. Urban, sit no on come down. Come on out here. Why don't, over? Mm. why don't you grab a seat there? Oh, no. you're heading out? Y'all come back now. You want a sarsaparilla? No nope. scuttlebutt tonight. You hear? No way. I don't even know what the hell happened. <laughs> now, I <Nope>. reckon <laughs> you didn't mean to put your hand where it was, did you? <laughs> you should keep one on your gun. That's, That's the problem. <laughs> oh, Jamie with a, with a walk off there. I know I forgot something. Will the Cardinals forget something this this offseason? As in, will they forget to add something no. that they absolutely Tell need? It. Okay. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. We've all done it. Hell, we probably did it this morning. I know I'm forgetting something. Brad, actually, you said it. We were walking down the hallway. We were coming down to the studio, and you go, what am I forgetting? I know I forgot did something. Did you know I actually did forget something? What? Yeah, your headphones. Forgot my headphones and my microphone. Every muff. time. Every single time. What do you mean every time? It happens all the time. Once a week. Twice a week. At least. A couple better. times a week. Get that feeling a lot, Anthony. Do, will Do the Cardinals? Will the Cardinals get that feeling this off season? Like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I knew I was supposed to upgrade one of those uh, one of those positions. What do you think it'll be? I don't think not they that will, they'll necess- not that they'll necessarily forget it. Oh, I but don't. basically, what's the thing that they're so, gonna they're gonna they're gonna screw up and not get? Well, do you think? Uh, let's look at this from a fan's perspective then, because the Cardinals, whatever they do this off season, they're gonna look at it and say, boom. Roasted, like we we, we nailed it. it. We nailed it. We got it. Everything's fine. You know, whatever it is, whether they add to the bullpen, whether they add to the bench, which by the way, they need to add to the bench. They need to add some more pop. They need another bat. They need another everyday bat. But uh, if they don't, they're still gonna. There's gonna be a reason why, right? There's always a reason why. Whether it's they they believe that uh, Brendan Donovan, he he's gonna be really good and he's gonna take over. If you don't know who he is, he's just newly on the roster. Had a monster year across three levels last year. Tore it up in the Arizona Fall League as well. And right now, the way that your roster sits. Sits as Ron, uh, Rondo was taken off the roster. He sits as your utility infielder right now. Juan Yepes was put on that roster. They believe that, that he's got some pop, but dude, we haven't seen these guys do anything at the big league level. But I think that from a fan's perspective, if there is something to be left behind, they might say the 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 ingredient that you forgot 
is going to be the bench, right? It's going to be that impact bat off the bench. Potentially, it could. We've been beating the drum for the same players, Schwarber, Rosario, Jock Peterson. But that's a bad feeling when you do that, all right? So think about your your holiday shopping. You're, you're getting all this stuff in. Maybe you got people coming over. You're buying all these ingredients. You have your menu, and you get home, and you're like, ow! Oh, that one thing. You know what I could do? Oh, I, the stores aren't open today. I can substitute. No. You know, this, uh, this uses milk, but I can use this. What is that, almond stuff? or is that, What is that? I'll use that. Does it taste as good? No. No. And unless you get everybody drunk, uh, they, they don't, they don't, uh, they're, they're going to notice. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to find out. So I wonder if that's the one where, where we'll look at this on the outside and you'll see a team that picks up a piece that is not one of the top free agents that you've talked about. Or maybe they make a trade or, do, you know, do a deal or somebody emerges that they believe because they run the numbers and analytically the player is a fit in other ways that maybe not might not be on the surface for us, and they substitute what we wanted a Schwarber. Say, well, we got you this over here. Think that that could end up being something that happens this offseason for the Cardinals, but you just never know what how it's going to shake out, what they quote-unquote might forget until the season plays itself out. I guess a substitute would be better than what we had in June when they forgot to, as they found out, you know, add to the pitching staff more in the offseason and wound up costing you. So how do you feel about that aspect of the team right now? Do you believe that they've added enough depth to their pitching staff overall? Yeah, I think from a depth standpoint, yeah. When you can I think from a rotation standpoint, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the bullpen. I'm actually okay with the bullpen. If mm-hmm. if Jordan Hicks, if Jordan Hicks, I know we're gonna, we're gonna go through, we're gonna go through this. If. if when Jordan Hicks is healthy, hell when he's well, then you're looking at a pretty damn good bullpen. You got Gallegos, you've got Jordan Hicks, you've got Alex Reyes, you've got Hennessy Cabrera, you've got TJ McFarlane. I, I'm good with the bullpen. You you don't have, I don't think you have a, a top end talent in the rotation, but you do have more depth than you did a year ago. Yeah, I think you Except also have Jack depth. Flaherty and Adam Wainwright. You don't like Wainwright. Jack You don't like Adam Wainwright? I said, outside you of you don't Jack. have top end. You don't like stuff. Dakota Hudson? Wow. I think he's a solid, solid pitcher. What did Matty ever do to you? Matt? Yeah, Steve Matz. What did he ever do to you? I don't know him. Well, I act like you didn't. You don't know who Matzy is. Yeah. Matzy's probably, what, third, fourth guy? Right now? Yeah. He's probably your number three. Okay. Plug great. the lefty right in the middle of the rotation, mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. Don't mind that one What bit. I'm saying is it's not Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. When you think of the the top end hey, top quick. end arms. How, how Who would sure have Max Scherzer and DeGrom? That'd That's be impossible. Mets. They don't even have a manager, but they got that. How sure are you that Jacob DeGrom pitches and pitches effectively? Oh, I'm not sure at all. He didn't pitch. like What did he pitch last? July? Yeah. It's been a while. They shut him down, and then he was coming back, and then they shut him down again. It's a hell of a one-two punch if it works, but what if it doesn't work? By the way, it looks oh, like you're getting screwed. closer and closer to a manager over there. It's not oh, yeah, who, is it? what they, who they want. Or Scherzer said who he wanted. Yeah, I think Scherzer's going to get that, what he what's wants. His name? Is he going to be Buckshaw uh, Walter? Yeah. Really? It's, it's trending that direction. No kidding. 65 years old. He's, he's, he's managed a lot over 20 years. Hey. He's ready what, to win. Look what, the, look what the Astros just got in Dusty Baker, the uh, manager, AL Manager of the Year. That's basically. right. He got to, Well, turns out he got screwed on that one. But, uh, <laughs> there were people in the know that had him winning. I will say that. <laughs> He was so sure that night, Jamie. He was almost he was almost angry about it. Stamp it. I'm like, wait, we should wait, should we shouldn't we wait until it's official? 
He looks me dead in the eyes. It's official. It's official, Anthony. It wasn't official. Not one bit. All right, we're going to talk to our guy, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. We'll talk to him about the Blues' latest uh, victory, but also the Blues' latest injuries, unfortunately. Jared X on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Blues pick up a huge win last night, but unfortunately it comes at a cost of another injured player as Billy Stay Husso. Positive, Anthony. Billy, I got to tell the people what happened, Jamie. All right. Okay. True, true story. They deserve to know the truth. They do, Anthony. You're right. Billy Husso out with a lower body injury. Now joining us to talk about all things Blues is our Blues insider with The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford. What's up, JR? Oh, doing well, doing well. Listen to your interview with uh, Chief earlier, and you guys will probably get a kick out of this. You know, we get a Zoom with Chief every day, and, you know, God love him. He has to talk about the COVID and the injuries every day. And so today we got a message that said, boys, we're going to talk to Doug Armstrong today. We're going to give Chief a break. And you almost want to finish that sentence for him, a break from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Unf- so uh, I've heard some of those. Unfortunately, he still had to talk to us. You're right. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> but they did pick no, up a big win. Stuff. They did. They did. And did you guys catch the post game last night? By the way, great job uh, last night on the game, Jamie. Uh, did you guys catch the post game? Was that grumpy, Chief, or was that just me that thought that? No, I think I think I think right now we've got a few days in a row of of grumpy, Chief. I think that uh, he was probably in a great mood that they end up winning, but then looked at the injury reports and then the fact that he can't call anybody up and the fact that they don't actually have an NHL goalie on their roster. I, it was probably grumpy chief JR. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, we don't know uh, when they go off the ice, right? Jamie goes back in the coach's office. He probably gets a quick report and then he comes out to the podium and, you know, as the media, you think he's going to be pretty excited about a win like that, but he just found out that his, uh, his goalie's going to be out. So yeah, tough sledding. So Jr. Like, give us the silver lining. You're a very positive guy. Like, like, uh, are these guys? Is anybody getting close? Who's the closest to returning and actually helping this club out? Well, you got COVID guys and you got injury guys, and so the closest COVID guy is uh, Tyler Bozak could come off COVID uh, by the end of this uh, weekend. Uh, but it's the same situation. You just never know when they're going to be ready, full strength, uh, mentally prepared to play. Like Tory Krug was ready right away. He jumped in the lineup and looked like an all-star. Uh, other guys have taken a little bit of time, so we'll see what happens with Tyler Bozak. But they're going to have, as you guys know, they're going to have to sit out one guy tomorrow and play uh, play less a guy uh, just to re- to make the requirement of the rule and then uh, potentially bring back Bozak over the weekend. You know, and then you're getting into next week with uh, Bennington. Uh, Doug Armstrong told us today, maybe Tuesday, maybe Friday. And then you have uh, David Perron, who I thought it was a pretty interesting uh, thing said by Doug Armstrong today is that they don't want to put – David Perron on the LTIR because you're talking uh, 12 more days from now. He'd miss six more games. They feel like he's too valuable to, to guarantee him being out of the lineup that long. So he could be getting close, but you know, when you think of close, you're, you're still looking at, you know, a week could be. Oh, JR, the, the blues without both of their goalies right now. And we know a little bit about Charlie Lindgren and, and a little bit about John Gillies in your opinion, what do the Blues have to do here to, you know, keep their head above water in the next two to three games? Well, thank goodness uh, Florida's off the schedule, right? Oh and they're God, 50, yes. 60 shots a game. That's just incredible. I mean, you look at these past two games, guys, and, you know, I know the team played well and, and especially shorthanded last night, uh, especially second, third periods. 
lately. But uh, look what Billy Uso did these last two games. He was amazing. Like, I thought he would take a step this year and play better hockey. It was a learning experience for him last year. But he is a very, very capable NHL goalie. And so now you lose him. You don't have Bennington back from COVID. Now you're going to start lingering and you sign John Gillis and he's going to be the backup uh, tomorrow night. Like you said earlier, Riv, like you don't have a full-fledged NHL goalie who started the season on an NHL roster this year. And, and so what do they have to do? I mean, they kind of have to do what they did in the second and third period last night is, and you said it on the broadcast, keep it simple. Don't take penalties. They took three penalties in the first period. And that's why that period turned out the way it did for the blues. So, you know, it's, it's all the old cliches, but it, it's just keep it simple. Jared, I know that it's, it's kind of weird to say, well, who, who benefits from this? But when you're looking at all these young players or in, uh, inexperienced, unproven players, who do you think will kind of emerge here where the coaching staff says, you know what, we we think we, we have more in him right now than what we previously thought, and he wouldn't have that opportunity unless there were all these injuries? Yeah, so it's a question that gets asked a lot in these situations, and a lot of times it's, it's you know, multiple guys, handful of guys, Anthony, but to me, it's it's Logan Brown. Like when they come back to full health, if they ever get to that point, they're going to have some decisions to make in terms of what to do with the, the roster. And Logan Brown is a guy who at the beginning of the year training camp, it's like, gosh, you know, he might spend the year in the American Hockey League. And I think Doug Armstrong said today on the Zoom, he said that he even told Logan Brown, you might not get a chance this year just with that depth. And then here he is. And, you know, the difference to me that I've seen Logan Brown from – uh, training camp until now is just remarkable. So, you look, I'm not trying to say he's a top six guy in the future. I'm just saying he's doing more than uh, I think even the Blues thought he was capable with, and he's going to make it a tough decision if and when they need to send him back. Yeah, he may not be in the top six right now, JR, but he has that potential, right? Like, we're looking at right. him in the last couple of games, and he's getting put out there in big situations. And I look specifically at last night. And he's out there running the second power play unit. I understand Perunovic is a quarterback of it, but you watch a lot of the play went through Logan Brown, Perunovic, or Buchnevich. And that's a big ask for a young guy who was just in his fourth game last night, and he provided some great offense for the club. He could have had two points at Jake Wallman, not deflected it through the crease, but into the <laughs> net. I, I just see, uh, I see a young man that identified what he needed to do as far as picking up the pace of play overall to match the NHL, and now he's figured out how to use his size, and now the opportunity has really, really given him a chance to stay here. Yeah, great, great point. And if uh, yeah, if Wallman connects on that, you know, then we're talking a little bit more about Brown last night contributing to that game. But you're right, uh, with the personnel that's out, we were wondering who the heck's going to be on this power play, who's going to be on that second unit. And I think the one great thing about this coaching staff, and, and there's a, a bunch of those, uh, but I think if they give people chances, and you know, you can't always say that for coaching staff. You know, a lot of times, guy gets pigeonholed, or he didn't have a great camp, and he just that's his reputation for the rest of the year. But they don't do that. You know, they call up a guy and they give him a chance to play. They're going to give you a chance, and they've done that with Logan Brown. And to his credit, he's he's taken it and run with it. So to me, he's just making this uh, really tough, and and you really notice him out there is the big thing. Jr. As the the Blues have had to deal with all of these issues, and, and certainly it's worse right now than it's been all year. But this team has not been at full strength pretty much the entire season. Like, do you have a firm grasp of what this team is actually capable of when it is healthy? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I was trying to put together last night the Blues. Uh, 25 thoughts after 25 games. I think I'm going to get that to that story tonight, and it'll be up at the Athletic uh, tomorrow. 
but I'm actually thinking about that. And it's like, how do you evaluate these guys? Like, how can you even, you know, you can think about they've gone through COVID, they've gone through these injuries. Well, every team's going through a lot of that stuff, you know, maybe not to this extent, but at some point, if you're the general manager of this team, you have to have some sort of evaluation. You got the trade trade deadline coming up in a couple months. You're going to have to say to yourself, you know, where are we lacking and where do we need to upgrade? So at some point, Doug Armstrong is going to have to look in the mirror with some of that stuff. But I asked him today and he said, you just can't do it right now. You can't. So right now uh, he, he admits that the defense is a work in progress and it's going to continue to be. And, uh, you know, if, if guys like Mikola step up and grab it, Perinovich, then maybe it makes it a little more interesting. Uh, but I think, Brad, uh, it, it's just too difficult right now to look at this team, whether it be on TV or, or on paper, and say, you know, here's who we are because you just don't have everybody out there right now. JR, in times like this with the injuries and all the, the guys out and the roster kind of up in the air from day to day, how important how important is it for the Blues that Vladimir Tarasenko play like he did in the second and third yesterday? Because we know the couple of games beforehand, they weren't fantastic. And, you know, Craig Berube had talked about certain guys need to step up, whether he's talking about Vladdy or not, undetermined. But then he also had a few conversations with Vladdy on the bench and then in, in between periods. And But then we see Vladdy last night step up in the second and third, and, and he makes a big difference. Another good situation with this coaching staff is they just tell it how it is. And I think more importantly than that, they take away the ice time. A lot of coaches say they will, and they don't do it. And Craig Bruby, after that game in Florida, Vladimir Tarasenko, not only did he not have a shot on net officially, he didn't direct a shot on net. So none were blocked, none missed the net. Like he literally did not take aim at the net. And Craig Bruby basically called him out after the game and said, I'm going to talk to him about it. And then so Last night, he plays just 349 in the first period. That was only more than Dakota Joshua in the first period last night among the forwards. And so I I looked at the bench, and you're right down there, James. Uh, I looked down at the bench, and Craig Bruby and Tarasenko are having a pretty lengthy talk on the bench right before the second period's about to start. And, uh, you know, who knows what it's about. We're way up in the press box, but probably be more aggressive. And what does he do? He goes out and he scores a goal and he sets up Shen. And I watched the replay of that shot again last night that he scored on. What a remarkable shot. So, you know, is he, you know, Tarasenko scores 39, 40 goals. It doesn't seem that way. But when he plays hard and when the coaches are in his ear and he's responding, I think uh, you can get some good stuff out of him. And they did last night. Well, we got some good stuff out of you, Jeremy Rutherford. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Anytime, boys. We'll uh, talk to you later. And um, stop taking off, Chief, okay? <laughs> Look, you guys bug him on his day off. Now he won't want to talk to us tomorrow either. No, that's, a, that's <laughs> absolutely true. You're All welcome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. We have my favorite game, True Pooh, coming up next on 101 ESPN. Yippee! Fast on 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalter. Time to play True or Poop. Go ahead, me. Can you say it with some excitement? Can you not just crap all it's over the segment? It's a ah, name. Well played. Meet what you really need to do. And I don't mean to give you, I don't mean to like plop extra work on you here. Plop. But I think that uh, a great open for this, like with, with true or poo, and then like noise splatter sounds. Stu- yeah, I think Just that would really <laughs> that would really get the people going. Excuse me, pardon me. You really know what the people want, BT. We do it at the really same know. time all the time over like four thirty. 
or whatever. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forget it. It's terrible. The poo poo clock. Just go. It's real. It's, it's a real thing, actually. It's poo o'clock. That was fantastic. The poo poo clock lady. Yeah. Who made? She made clocks out of elk poop. Yeah. They had all kinds of stuff. You're out saying of poop. clocks, right? Clocks. I, so. I hope so. Yep. Boys, true or poo? <laughs> Anthony, what? He hates all of us. Just, <laughs> just read whatever you're gonna read. True or poo? The Blues are in a position now where they need to consider trading Vladdy to give them some help with depth. No. Poo. You need this guy. <laughs> that, uh, you gotta trade trade depth to get depth. Yeah. I, I can't no. do it right yeah. now. No, that that's definitely poo at this point because uh, Vladdy's a big part of your offense right now. You've got Perron and Thomas that are out along with Bozak. You've lost a lot of your veteran leadership there. Justin Falk is out. I mean, it's just yeah, too too many guys are out right now to make that deal unless you know it was a deal you just couldn't refuse and i don't see that on the table as of right now true or poo you believe that the arizona cardinals can legitimately win a super bowl this year true oh i'm sorry i didn't realize that uh having a well-balanced team that excels both offensively and defensively and is well coached can't win a super well, hold bowl. on listen to sammy football? smoke and mirrors here yeah, Jamie, Jamie, tell him why i can't jamie that's a good point. Look, I, I am going to go true here, though. I really you, think Brent. that uh, offensively, they've got the firepower, the quarterback position. they ever won it? Well, they, they, it doesn't they, matter. They definitely won it. Been Patriots hadn't won until they won it, Jamie. Yeah, and then they won it again. Exactly. Basically, Five what Anthony said, you got a dynasty on your hands here when you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals. Mm, yeah. So uh, there's that. Ish. Put money on it. They're 10-2. and two. They've dominated on the road. You take the Cardinals, I'll take the field. No. <laughs> Those odds suck. Put it on the board. Put it on the board, Anthony. You won't. No, I Show us the marbles. Am I, get, am I getting odds on this? What, what, what odds I'll do you I'll get need? the Super Bowl. Give me the Cardinals Super Bowl odds. Then Hold I'll on. take it. You take the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. You take the Buccaneers. Yeah. And whichever one ends up in the Super Bowl, well, that there's your winner right there. there. If Put neither on the one ends up there. Wait, say put it on the board. Put it on the board. Why'd okay. you look away, wink, and cross your fingers? No, put it on the board. Once I'm it's on the board, I'm putting it done. on the board right oh, now. Oh, snap. So you said all they have to do is get to the Super Bowl, correct? Yeah, you just got to Super Bowl just, contender. You got to win the gotta NFC. Go through Tampa. Yeah, win the Maybe. NFC. Nice try. Rams are going to knock the Bucks off. We bought ourselves 10 minutes here as he tries to spell Buccaneers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, we were in the same room. I forgot. Just because you have your hands behind you. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, you got to keep Jamie always in front of you. <laughs> Idiot. There's two C's. Boy, it's true or poo. There is a store out there that you could walk in and just absolutely go ham in when it comes to spending money. Like you could drop a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars easily and not think about it. Oh yeah. I could do that. I, yeah, I could probably do that at Best Buy. Yeah, you could probably do that at Target or Walmart. <laughs> you just go yeah, like you can do it place. anywhere, but like a place that like you really want yeah, you to. You're like, oh, I'd yeah. love to go in there. And yeah. just- I could do some damage in Best Buy. Yeah, I, I well, you know, I used to be a Best Buy fiend. Every mm-hmm. Tuesday, new movies would come out. I'd buy all the new movies. 
I worked. I used to work there. I used to do the same thing. Yeah. New movie New Tuesday. Movie Tuesday. <laughs> Boom, we're going. Here, 20 bucks. Take hey, my money. It was, uh, Anthony Reyes and I every Tuesday. Like, that we're going, and we just, we, we're like, we're friends. We, we could share movies, you know, but we <laughs> no. buy the same ones. That one's new. I'll take it. I'll take it. Got a bunch of these still in the wrappers. It's unreal. Yeah, Best Buy is one of them. Look, I think you could probably do some damage TVs. if you're an Apple person. You could just go to the oh, Apple store. Snap. And- do some stuff. Oh, yeah. I think Apple that's store. a whole other level, though, right? Like, you start talking about the Apple store. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Tens of thousands at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. How's there always a wait? Like, it's like, hey, d- uh, did you sign in? No, I just, I was shopping. I signed in last wow. week. Okay, you're 50. We got time for it a few hours. Huh? All right. Ooh, really? Are you guys Apple like people when it comes to your computers? No, no. I can't do the computer. Can't do the computer. They're really nice computers. I heard they're I had great. One back in the day. I just, I I'm so I don't used get the to. Mouse I'm so used to right click. I'm like a dinosaur yeah. now. I'm, I'm straight. It's got a click on it. Just not yeah, a right click. It's like the one. And it's like it's yeah. it, but there's you a way. Toggle. Like, my daughter, my oldest, she has a MacBook. She loves it. She's like a, a wizard on this thing. She can do all the stuff that we do with all the PC, but I don't know how Apparently, to do it. Apparently, there's way more capabilities. There's like control. Every letter is like shortcuts and everything. Yeah, it's. I don't know. What am I, a nerd? I'm not going to figure out control shortcuts. No, but there's control shortcuts on the PCs. You know, like like we copy to delete something. You know how we like copy and paste? Bang, he got it. They've got like control something, and I don't know. Anthony, what was the one that I told you to do, and you didn't? They closed out everything. Quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, control that for I was something. Like, yeah, can I try it. I need one of those quarterback wristbands for the. You're sitting down to do some work. All right, <laughs> here we go. Let me see what the play is on this one. Control the hell PX. Paste here. Jamie, you playing football? No, no, no. Just uh, signing in the Mac. Yeah. Here's a uh, good one. Uh, it just says uh, the liquor store. Oh He'll do my some God. damage. Hell yeah. Anytime, too cool. if if I go to Randall's or Total Wine, look wherever it is, I can do some damage. You get some bourbon. And then if I had, if you just had funny money and you got to go to the liquor store, I'm like, go ahead and open that case real quick because I want to, I want to check out some of this. You know that uh, that diamond bottle you got there of uh, Macallan? So I'll take that, that beautiful crystal. Oh, yeah, go with some of that. Saw a Woodford in the store. Making me really thirsty. I know. <laughs> there was a there was a Woodford, and I think it was Woodford Baccarat is what it was, Ooh. and it was expensive. That's a game. Yeah, it a is a burnt. game if you have that much money and you can spend it on a bottle Person. of bourbon because it was a lot. <laughs> Makes sense. It's personal collection. Yeah. Uh-huh. One more for you, boys. <laughs> True or poo, the Chiefs can win a Super Bowl if Mahomes does not get back to his old ways. Uh, that would be poop. That would be poo. Oh, yeah, I'll dump all over that. There's no way. This that, is, that defense is not going to win them a championship. This is fine now. This is all well and good now. If you don't have Patrick Mahomes, the actual Patrick Mahomes, doing things in the playoffs, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Speaking of uh, your, your uh, very good impression right there from Taken. Marco text, from Trapoya. Yeah, We Marco got a text from the Trapoya. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. I said, never knew Brad had uh, buy every new movie type of money. I guess home runs pay after all. Here's the thing. Wow. When you're single, even if you're making the big league minimum, you can afford to go to Best Buy and buy a couple of movies. Yeah. Didn't have a house. Had no responsibilities at all. That's Best Buy <sighs> buy every movie. What yeah. a wonderful time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't play in the big leagues. Uh, I still had Best Buy buy movies uh, every Tuesday because I didn't have, you know, everything I have right now. Is New Movie Tuesday a thing? Kids. Still? I doubt it. They still Family. dropping movies left and right, or is that all going? Insurance. What about Bass Pro, guys? We get that on the text line. Oh, yeah. Or Academy Sports. Oh, yeah. You've been to Academy, Academy, Academy Sports? Yeah, Academy Sports. I, I, can, do some, Academy I can do some Sports. damage in Academy huh? Sports. So, uh, Academy Sports uh, is great. Uh, Dick's. 
Mm-hmm. You're a big fan, Jamie. That's Look, great. Uh, yeah, he is. any sporting goods store, I feel like a kid. Like, yep. I'm so excited to go in there. I want to buy a basketball hoop, and I want to buy a ping pong table, and I want to buy this, a I hoodie. Buy that. A hoodie, airsoft rifles, all kinds of different Socks. things. Socks. We got a text here that says Lowe's. I can spend that money at Lowe's. Yeah, I'm also I can realize that. I'm like, ah, oh, this light would Menards. really Menards. Menards. favorite. Save big money. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I could do that money. too. Menards. I see that. You guys like walking the, the you know, the, the aisles and stuff like that at the hardware store? Big Heck time. yeah. I, I walk never, every never aisle sometimes. Yeah. Home Depot. Like I already know what every aisle. Right. I'm like, maybe there's something new to do. I don't even know what I would do with that, but I might need one. Right. Here's a good text exactly. too. Aminis. You guys been to Aminis? I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Aminis oh is like fantastic. That's an adult playground. Oh, yeah. it, it, I mean, not the kind you're thinking of, BT. No, no, no. But uh, but have plenty of amenities there, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Your top five at five is next on 101 ESPN. It's time for the top five at five. One, two, three, five. Your five biggest stories in the sports world. 504, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Here is your top five stories at five. Number five. Well, the MLB lockout, it's been about a week now. Here's your update. What there is it, it is. Brad? No, that was it. That was no, it? I got nothing. That was it. Just fire up the next one. There's nothing. What the? Where? Yeah, there's nothing. Oh. No. Number four. No, okay. No, there's legitimately nothing. Okay. Uh, according to sports, <laughs> according to sports reporter Jordan Schultz, Russell Wilson would waive his no trade clause to go to the Giants, the Saints, or the Broncos. The Eagles were also mentioned as a possibility. Schultz isn't a typical source necessarily on a lot of the breaking news that you see around the NFL. It's no Adam Schefter. But Schultzy, though. He apparently has connections and has been he's been on top of Russell Wilson's trade request before. Go Hawks. Go Hawks is right. Uh, Wilson now 33, showing some signs of decline this season. Nonetheless, I would imagine that uh, more teams will be chomping at the bit to acquire Russell Wilson's services if the Seahawks do foolishly put him on the trade market this offseason. Rid of them. Well, you've mentioned the Washed. Saints. What a fit. What like a fit that, that would be. How about that, too? You got... Russell Wilson, Tom Brady in the same division. Now the Falcons will never win. Good. Here's a question. If, if you do get anyways, that done, if you got Russell that. Wilson, <laughs> do you think that the relationship with the Saints is over with Michael Thomas? It seems like that's that's fractured. Yeah, like, that, like, that, seemed, that seemed done based on his are they reaction. Are to keep him if they get Russell Wilson in there? Yeah, maybe. Certainly. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, the Saints got to do something, boy. I mean, you're looking you're looking at a situation where we talked about this with the NFL draft. There's just nothing coming down the pike. You got Big Ben and the Steelers dealing with the same situation. So uh, the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know who else would be a free agent or or somebody that could be available. Oh, Deshaun Watson, obviously. I mean, you, you're talking about f- multiple teams going to be bidding the highest the highest dollar to acquire one of those guys if they are in fact available. Number three. He is back. Tiger Woods back on the golf course. He will be this week in the PNC Championship. He announced it today on his social media platforms that he will be getting back to some form of competition at this weekend's PNC Championship. It's the last tournament he played in before he hurt. Uh, before he uh, was hurt in the car accident last February. He played in the tournament last year with his son, Charlie, and he will be playing Charlie. with Charlie again. Uh, Charlie is 12. We learned that earlier, but uh, this will be the first action for Tiger since his wreck. How do you think he'll play, guys? Oh, 
better Tiger than the or Sun? Charlie? Probably better than the Sun. They finished 12th at last year, I believe, by the way. Does he beat, does he beat his son on Whoa. the links? On the links, Whoa. I said. On the links. I, I hold not in front of that many people. On the links. <laughs> Golf so course. A lot of people out there. A lot of eyeballs. Yeah, sure is. So does he? Uh, he's not beating his son. Okay. No, I think he will. Um, because he's a professional. Even though this is his first time back on a golf course in a while, his game's going to be better than his son's. I don't know what Charlie's game is. I'm assuming it's uh, it's good. Chances are he gets to play on some pretty nice courses like his backyard. Short game. Uh, but, uh, yeah. It's good to have Tiger back. Tiger back around golf, even though if it, you know it's the him and, him and his kid plan. You get to see Tiger on TV. If you're a golf fan, you love it. But if you're not a golf fan... You are interested in it now. Cause I saw Tiger. Now I understand. What if that was about Tiger? I saw Tiger. Let it go, man. Tiger saw me. <laughs> Number two. How do you follow that up? <laughs> do you think oh he wrote God. those lyrics at least? Oh, I no, doubt I don't it. think that he did any of that. <laughs> he did none of it. He just, he just lip synced. Lip synced the, the, the hey, other guy's he song. He looked great doing it, though. He sure so did. <laughs> I remember when, Jamie, you and I were, were doing the show during the oh, pandemic. God. We had the same reaction when eventually, I think I was the last one to watch it, but we were all like, hey, he's got a pretty good voice. I was like, he's not bad. Right. And yeah. then I find out he's not him. It like, wasn't him. Okay. Like Anthony, donkey. you were the last person to watch something? On the show. Oh, you know no Anthony, way. right? You won't watch anything that's popular. Yeah, good. of course. He's, gonna, he's that guy. He's the salmon swimming upstream. He finally caved, though, because there's nothing else going on in the pandemic. Hey, come what? on. I wasn't being mean. And I mean, the guy that said he got in on New Movie Tuesday, too. I mean, you, you were Mr. Best Buy what? slash Circuit City. I watched Titanic the other night for the first time. I'm on top of things. I believe Rose would let him on. Just try. No, come on. <laughs> the whole, whole board. What? Yeah, it's a door. Plenty of room. She was on a door, right? Yeah. A big door. Off the too. Titanic. Knock, knock. Couldn't they scoot over. They weren't making those like like uh, little tiny doors. No, it was probably bag. thick, thick yeah, door. Oh, it was real wood. Yeah. Dude, it was oak. Hard. Mm-hmm. Real wood. Real and she goes, you know what? I'm just going to let you swim yeah, around. But I'll hold your hand until you drown. Oh, that's nice. Oh, thanks, bros. Yeah. Probably keep that heart of the ocean while you're at it. Exactly. You didn't drop that, did you? you no. Know, right. It was her, it was her fault, too. Enough uh, room for she, that. She got back on the on the ship. She did. She was on, she was on a life raft. She was going to go on her way. Then she hopped back off. Unreal. It's a shame. And we act like she was the star oh, yeah. of this thing. No, I don't think Whatever, so. Rose. The movie's too long. Number one. Oh, well, yeah, your St. Louis Blues, they've been active for both number one and number two in all this. Is uh, They had a big win over the Florida Panthers last night in overtime. Pavel Buchnevich scores to give the Blues the extra point, taking three out of a possible four points against a formidable opponent. Uh, but unfortunately, they lost Billy Husso and Jake Wallman to injuries late in the third period. Those injuries still to be determined how long they'll be out, but... Just in case, the Blues recalled Nathan Walker from the American Hockey League. He'll come up and, and join the Blues in a depth position. And they went out and signed a goalie. John Gillies is a, a career journeyman goaltender from the NHL. He's 27 years old, six foot six, big guy. He's only got 12 NHL games under his belt. But hopefully Charlie Lindgren can carry the mail for a little while until Jordan Bennington comes back. Otherwise, uh, who knows? The Blues could be in tough. I just like that our second one was Rose not scooting over for Jack. That should have been all five, to be honest. <laughs> it's news if Anthony just watched it. 
I mean, the guy got shot at for uh, sh- she made that great painting for yeah. her, too. Yeah, painted for her, got shot at, almost drowned for her. Yeah, I Can't feel like that was a really door. unbalanced relationship. It, it was probably was. doomed anyways because she was ta- she was a taker. Yeah, look, her family would have never been okay with him. We they would have learned to like him. I don't think so. He's a likable guy. I don't think so. Here's the arms Who's this for? Jack. Of course. Jack sure did love Rose, but Rose, well, she also loved Rose. <laughs> Enough to hog the entire door. We've all seen the science behind it. There are several positions where they both would fit on that door. Sure was. I don't have to walk you through them all, but you can imagine. Two humans to fit on a door. But she let him die. But sure did keep that really expensive jewel uh-huh. typical. <laughs> <laughs> typical. I mean, seriously. Like if you guys are in a situation, you and Andrew are in the situation. Yeah. She's I mean, she's she's pulling you up, right? Well, like I you figure so. it out. Andrea is really she's real small. She's strong though. She is str- no, yeah. she's got the yeah, strength of like she's like an ant. She yeah. can carry ten times That's her own correct. body weight. Mm-hmm. But Smaller. Yeah, but I think they like. Don't you just get on both sides of this door and then like pull each other towards the middle? Like you just keep inching yeah. back because I understand the buoyancy of like the, trying to pull somebody. You're gonna flip over, but you both get out a little bit and then kind of pull each other yeah, towards the physics. middle, and right. then you're there. You're good. Yeah, I'm with you. This Guys, sounds easy I from see, a nice warm studio. I don't see any reason why, you know, significant others wouldn't help each other onto that door. Don't Absolutely. get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless. You don't want that significant <laughs> other anymore. Because you got a jewel in your pocket. And you're like, oh, your hands are really slippery. <laughs> Sorry. I'll never let go. He sinks his ass oh. right to the bottom. <laughs> yep. Still out there, too. Somewhere. Middle of the Sorry. ocean. That was Rose. <laughs> that was her. Still alive. Got anything from Jack? <laughs> no. I don't think so. All right, uh, wish we did. <laughs> wish we did. Who's the uh, who's the best left fielder in the National League slash Major League Baseball? Is it Broneal? Take off, eh? That's next on 101 ESPN. He could lift somebody out the door. This is Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. You never quite know what you're going to hear. Of course, the show might be about the Cardinals. Might be about how Rose, one of the uh, the most egotistical members of any of any movie, on that door, not moving over, no hand, no nothing. Come on up, Jack. Nope. She wouldn't even sink to the bottom of the ocean. Lend him a hand. Give me shark yeah, food in an hour. It's just a sin. It really is, Janet. I'm with you on this one. All right. MLB creator Mark Luno. What do you mean he's a creator? He created Major yeah, League Baseball. He, he, he created a double day. He created content. He what? He created uh, content. Oh, is he an For influencer? Major League Baseball. Yeah. Is he like an influencer? I think that's like a YouTuber in the what baseball world. Yeah, yeah, he's a YouTuber. Yeah. He's, he's got a like YouTuber. 50, like Twitter followers, and stuff like so he's that. kind of a big deal. Look, he spells his name with a C. Mark with a C. What's wrong so with that? Oh, that's French. So, so he's Kamark? clearly he's Kamark. clearly creative. Come on, um, starts with a C. 
No. Ends with a C. I think I can help you out with this two N thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pam Pam. (laughs) So anyways, he tweeted this out earlier today. Who is the best left fielder in Major League Baseball heading into the 2022 season? And of course, our guy Brad Thompson immediately thought, no. Of Tyler O'Neill. No, none of this is how it happened. Jamie no. said Jamie was on the Twitter machine. Mm. Okay. And uh all of a sudden he saw, dude, why is Tyler O'Neill trending? Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know. Were they doing a thing of like who would be the Cardinal most likely to survive if put in the ocean and had to pull himself up on a door? And he said, Brad. Oh. Sorry, Janet. Uh you know, if Jack was reference. built like Tyler O'Neill, then I could understand Rose's decision there. If Jack was built like Tyler O'Neill, as I was sinking, I would just smash the door to pieces and be like, you don't get to float either. Wow. I'll take this corner. Yeah. This I'll is take mine. this door. If I'm not be nice. you, Rose. But you were in love. <laughs> yeah, you were in love. Anyways, go ahead, Brad. So you were saying. So uh, Jamie found this thing, uh, this trending. Tyler O'Neill was trending, and that's, uh, that, that is why, per the question that you mentioned, uh, mentioned from Abner Doubleday, who started <laughs> baseball, <laughs> baseball's creator. Um, but, it, but it really did like spur a question, because I, I think that we see Tyler O'Neill, and we saw the great year that he had last year. And Cardinal fans, I mean, you got to be pumped up about it. But I still think that there are a lot of people that just don't believe in the numbers that are there. And while he might not be the clear-cut answer, I think he really is in the conversation of best left fielders. Like, like who pops up for you before Tyler O'Neill does? Yeah, look, I'm, listen, I'll, I'll let you guys battle over or or bring up other left fielders because, quite honestly, I don't know about as many of them as you guys do, and I'm okay with that. But I do know about Tyler O'Neill and BT. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. All right, done. Um, if Tyler O'Neill has a better season than he had last year. That's got to be MVP worthy. I think you end up getting close to the conversation. Yeah. Like, I really do. I mean, the 34 home runs, you talk about a better year. He's pushing 40-plus, right, I, I, in that mix. And his 34 home runs as a left fielder. I uh, was only second to Joey Gallo. Gallo ended up hitting 38 bombs last year, primary uh, you know, primary position being left field. So you're there. I think that there will be more RBI opportunities depending on where he ends up being in the lineup. He drove in 80 last year. Here's the thing to remember with Tyler O'Neill as well. Tyler O'Neill missed significant time last year, significant enough. He only played 138 games. So you look at some of these other guys surrounding him. Uh, Joey Gallo hit more home runs. Well, he played 153 games. Jordan Alvarez hit uh, one fewer home runs, and he played in 144 games. One comp that keeps coming up when I'm looking in the National League, and this is a guy, he's a really good player. Jesse Winker pops up a lot. when oh, you're looking. brother. Yes, Henry Winker, uh, his brother. Jesse Winker hit for average. He got on base at a high clip. (laughs) He slugged. He had a 949 OPS. Like, I I really like the player that Jesse Winker is. But when you factor in a bunch of the – you factor in the ballpark factors and you're looking at at the advanced numbers – Tyler O'Neill, I mean, he he's right there with you. He led every single – he's number one in all of Major League Baseball in war. Now, whether you like war or not or you believe in the metrics behind it, he had a 5.4 war leading all of left fielders in baseball. That's a pretty good number right there. Look at the, like, WRC plus, crazy hives, top three in that, and that's a weighted runs created. Uh, Say right. Plus, it's weighted runs created. And no, the, no, yeah. Thank you. But the plus, uh, you know, is ballpark factors. Because I think that it's not fair to look at Jesse Winker. You look at the numbers, although I believe he's a really good player. I know he's a really good player. Playing at the Great American Small Park and playing at Bush Stadium, well, they're different. By the way, when we're talking about left fielders, all I've done is rattle off uh, offensive 
stats, the guy's a fantastic defender. There is not a better defensive left fielder, in my opinion, right now than two Tyler years O'Neal. in a row. Oh, back-to-back gold gloves. you got to appreciate that. Uh, so I think that he is firmly in the conversation. Now, there's going to be so many. I haven't even checked the text line, but do it two years, and then I'll believe you. You know, like Jamie on the Arizona Cardinals. I agree. Look, he, he's got to be able to put it up again. You can't just have that one breakout year, and then all of a sudden you got nothing. I think a lot of people might look at that and say, well, Paul DeYoung had that big year. You know, Paul DeYoung, well, his rookie year was good, then he had a good start in 2019, and then he petered off. He's got to be able to prove that he can continue this and he can hit for average. Who would have thought that Tyler O'Neill would be pushing your team for average, the average leader? He was two, he hit 286 this year. He was incredibly consistent on both sides. It's not like he just smashed lefties. I think he hit like two, uh, 289 against one, and it might have been 286 on the other side. I mean, he, he was crazy good against both sides. He figured out ways to get on base. He's going to strike out a little bit, but that ends up being part of the part, part of the deal so jamie this is a question that you posed earlier okay uh, this was in the office tyler o'neill put up the numbers that he did last year 34 home runs he drove in 80 he had an ops of 912 like a really good year randy Arozarena, does it make you you feel okay that Randy Arozarena, you know, he's the one that got away. If you had to pick between the two players, Jamie, that's the way that you posed it. Which way are you picking? I'm going Tyler O'Neill. I am. And the reason he's Canadian. Well, that's obvious. Um, but no, because of the defensive side of him, too. And, I, and I'm not saying Randy Arozarena can't play defense, but he wasn't Ty- a plus defender last year. Tyler sure. O'Neill is a. I mean, he's an animal out there in left field. And that's why the Cardinals were so great defensively in the outfield was because, well, Dylan Carlson, but Harrison Bader in particular, and Tyler O'Neill. And so when I look at these two guys head-to-head, Randy Rosarena, who we we all were like, oh, my God, can't believe we let that one get away, and uh, John Mosellock, and uh, if we only had Randy Rosarena. Well, never mind. You had, you had somebody who was better. Statistically, I believe, across the board, he was better than Randy Rosarena. That's the case. I'm picking Tyler. Yeah, look, the pushback is going to be hey, uh, fans would rather have him or Rosarena than Harrison Bader. Like that's okay, the but one that's not. That's get. not the question I'm exactly. posing. Exactly. That's not. It, we're not. That's not apples to apples here. Left field versus left field. That's where I'm headed with this one. And for me, and Anthony, I don't know how you feel about this. For me, it's Tyler O'Neill. Compared to Randy Rosarena, yeah. I mean, based off of last year, yeah, I think there's an argument to be made for Tyler O'Neill. Is Tyler O'Neill the best left fielder in the game? Yes. I Probably not. Pretty close. Who are you taking yeah, then, who are you Anthony? Taking? <clears throat> who, Eloy, who's a left fielder for the Giants? Eloy Jimenez, I'll take. He was hurt all year last year. Didn't put up any Don't numbers. you Don't you do that. I'm just saying he don't was. Don't do that. What he, if he's Mark, Marcelo Zuna then? What did he do in the second half? Want to pick a he band-aid? He was fine. He was fine. Oh, he's a good player. What does he project to be? All right, who's the best in the National League then? I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you Eloy in the the. Uh, is Juan Soto playing right field? Playing right, yeah. Okay, it's true. Because at one point he was in left. No, Juan Soto is the. And I, I just looked up numbers. Who primary position is left fielder? So, hmm. okay. How about Lamont Wade Jr.? You want to go with him? No, no. he's one of your guys. No, no. It's, I mean, the best in the National League. Yeah, it's probably it's probably Tyler. Uh, thank you, Jesse Anthony. Winker's in that conversation. In that yes, he is absolutely. And no, not the not the Giants. They rotate anyways. You got Darren Ruff. You've got uh, yeah, they're pioneers. They're not pioneers. They got Austin Slater. Oh, they're, they're oh. the Giants. Is he related? Unreal. Yeah. 
Dodgers still rolling out there. AJ Pollock was a good player, but not. You'd rather have Tyler O'Neill. So yeah, he's he's the best in the so, National League. Uh, the biggest question, uh, the two questions: Side of Winker. Can he can he do it again? And then if he does do it again, what is that going to cost the Cardinals? Because they they went out, they, they traded a starting up. pitcher for him. Like, uh, are you thinking about it? You got plenty of time to think. We talked about this yesterday. You're sitting there, uh, you know. Cardinals are looking at uh, jumbo jets online right now. They're looking at all these pieces and they're thinking, all right, well, how else? How else can we help our team? I'm not looking for just this year, but I'm looking for the future. Are you? Do you still think about signing this guy up to a long-term deal after one good year? Like, no, because it might save you money on the back end. It might save you significant money on the back end. I would rather have him prove it. Let's get some. Let's get some consistency. Pay for it. Here's another. Re- here's another scenario that. where we're we're not acting like we're the owners we're playing with the owner's money i'm acting as if i was the owner yeah but it does, to save money on the back end of this deal i don't know what would you be looking at bt no, I'm, I'm not even i'm i want 10 years seven oh, I'm years i'm giving 10 years out that's okay sure. so then help me here i'll float you out he's going to go through uh arbitration three four i'll float you out a five-year deal Five year and hundred million. No, I'm not giving him that kind of money. No. Um, well, I'm no, because, Anthony. I'm just giving away everything. Well, because that's I'm like not, that's like free agent. I'm type saying money, he's going right? to prove it. So before I hand hand what, him a contract, what I would want to do as a team is I would want to float out a deal that I know I know ends up being value. Like uh, I'm floating him out a five for fifty. I'll float you out a ten per. Like a, you oh had, my God. You had deals. I take you. I tell you, take that paper and stick it where the sun don't shine. It's easy to say until you got fifty million sitting in front of well, you. It's easy. Yeah, it's not my contract. Like you, look at, you look at the contracts that were signed. Colton Wong signed a deal like in the 20s. So did the young. Uh, Piscotti's deal was like around 30 million or something like that. Uh, you know, all of these deals have been lower. Maybe you're willing to go a little bit higher with him, but put that offer in front of him. Like, like throw that out there because you just never know what you might end up getting. He's not the, you know, this isn't Wander Franco that's going to get the 10-year deal stud prospect crazy young. He's still young enough, but, I mean, I'm not floating out a 10-year deal. So I'll buy out a couple of years of free agency. I'll give you financial flexibility. You're going to have money for the rest of your life. You sign a $50 million deal, unless you are an idiot, you should have money for the rest of your life. Your kids? Everybody should be taken care of for quite some time. It's a big decision. I'd at least put it in front of him. Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Blues, injuries, plus some other happenings in sports. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. A couple of guys that uh, stepped up last night for the Blues were two players that, Jamie, you had highlighted that needed to step up. And you got a lot of crap from the text line. Uh, sorry for well, texting those things. they misunderstood what I meant, but that's all right. I forgive them. So if you missed it yesterday, the text line was like, typical St. Louis media. Soft. Soft and media. And always picking on Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. You scumbags. And then Butchnevich, what do you mean he has to step up? He's got seven points in the last five games. That's that's over a point a game, Jamie. It is. Good job, Anthony. Thank you. Fire up chips. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, college. No, what I meant, if you're just tuning in now or you weren't listening yesterday, which you should have, or you can download the podcast over at 101 ESPN and listen to the whole darn thing. Even if you, uh, even if you were listening, uh, but not really, not really listening. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I said that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, and this is fact, his production had tapered off in the last couple of games. And none of you think, well, this is only a couple of games. But you can't afford that right now. You, you're missing some pivotal pieces to your team, and you're you're in a dogfight in the Central Division. You can't have a guy take a day off when he's the guy or one of the guys on your hockey club. And so, uh, you know, Craig Berube obviously felt the same way. He had made a slight mention to it. Then he had a little discussion with, with Vladimir Tarasenko. And Vladdy comes out in the second and third period last night, one of the best players on the ice. And it's amazing to watch him when he cranks up the volume on it and he gets going because he is a strong guy. He's a great skater. He's got great uh, hockey IQ, and he's got a great shot. He showed it with a quick release uh, in the second period going short side on Spencer Knight. So Vladimir Tarasenko is a guy that has to step up in these times of need, and he did. He did. Last night was a ma- he was a golden assist and second star of the game, had a fantastic game. The other guy that I wouldn't say called out just mentioned that he has to remain a big piece of this is Pavel Buchnevich. And I don't know if we all knew what we had in Pavel Buchnevich when Doug Armstrong traded Sammy Blay for this young man because you look at Sammy Blay and he was having a great year for the Rangers and unfortunately uh, blew out his ACL and he's done for the season, which sucks because I love Sammy Blay as a player and as an individual, but I'd say the return in that trade for the Blues with Pavel Buchnevich. That's pretty good. Army knocked it out of the park, signed him to a very team-friendly deal afterwards as well. And old Booch, he plays power play, penalty kill, regular shift. He is one of your guys that has to be a go-to guy, and that's all I meant was he needs to remain that way, as does Ryan O'Reilly, as does Braden Shen, who's, who chipped in with a goal last night. It's been a while since Shen had scored a goal, and, yeah, I know he's nursing some injuries, trying to get back to being 100% healthy, but he hadn't contributed as much or at all, for that matter, like he should. He gets a goal last night. So when your team is depleted and you're missing some of your best players, the remaining best players have to carry the team. Can I ask you an unanswerable question? Oh, I love those. Good, 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 good. You mentioned with Vladdy, when he turned the volume up in the second and third, uh, that, that, oh, boy, game changer. Why can't he just turn the damn volume up all the time? Yeah. Why um, is that not there? I don't Typical know. St. Louis media back in <laughs> on Vladimir Tarasenko. I'm you just, just saying, why you can't jump him? let go. Why does he got to have like three minutes in the first period and then Craig Berube's got to dress him down and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I'll show you. I'm going to be great. You are great. Don't go be great more. I have no idea what's happening. Well, here's what's either, happening. Buddy. You just weren't doing it early, and then you did it later. Jamie, tell the people why. Yeah, well, let me ask you this, and I don't know how to find a a comparable situation, but in baseball, uh, there's guys that you can tell when they're dialed in for a number of games, and then you can tell when they kind of, meh, for a handful of games. You're like, well, why can't they just bring that? And you're going to say, well, it's 162 games. exactly what I was going to say. Probably, right? No? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll just... uh, Trying to figure it out here. But, you know, for Vladimir Tarasenko, it's an 82-game schedule, and I know he's paid for all 82 games, and he's paid well, too. That's for sure. But some guys' personalities are not that of, like, Ryan O'Reilly. Like, Ryan O'Reilly, he competes every second of every single day. Not just in the games, but in practice and in the offseason. He's always going, going, going. And Vladimir Tarasenko, it's not that he doesn't work hard. He does. He showed up in incredible shape this year for the Blues, and he's been 
He's been one of the best players on the team thus far, and that's great. But he does have games for whatever reason, and I can't explain it because I was never that guy. One, I was never as talented as Vladimir Tarasenko, so I, I didn't have the luxury of you know, maybe taking a day or two or a couple of games off. But I had to go all the time. And But I don't know. It's, it's in his personality that not that he consciously doesn't want to play hard or doesn't want to play good. It's he just kind of drifts a little bit. And he loves the third period. That's he, his well, favorite. That's where he scores it is. He, does, he scored a lot of third period yeah. goals, which is important for sure. It's crunch time. Um, but he, it's like he gets to the point where he's almost watching the game. Instead of being involved in it, like every shift, every single time, he's like kind of watching the game. And when he starts to watch, he's not driving the offense at all. He's not being a difference maker. He's not getting to the hard areas. He's not creating offense because he's just sort of watching. He's yeah. an innocent bystander. He looks like he's constantly in concussion protocol. Yeah, no, Whoa, no, I wouldn't that say that. That was a comment. That is he a- looks like he has no idea what's going on. Another Tom, man. We've dug up a few of these. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tom should stick to his day job. I trust Jamie's approach here. Your opinion means nothing to him. Wow. Okay. Wow. Ouch. Well, uh-huh. Sorry about that, Tom. Mm, vicious. Um, but either way, when Vladimir Tarasenko cranks it up and, he, and he's willing to do all those things, and, and Craig Bruby, so every now and then, it's just like a parent. When you have your kids and you got a, a, a child that just needs a little reminder from time to time, and they're doing great, doing great, doing great, and then you notice like a week where they're not really up on their homework and that, and you're like, what? why would you do that? You know, you got to give them a little reminder, and then after that, it's back to normal again. That's kind of how Vladdy is when it comes to playing in the National Hockey League, and contrary to what people might think, I think Craig Berube and Vladimir Tarasenko have a good relationship. It, it might be a little bit of oil and water at times, but Vladdy, if nothing else, respects Craig Berube, and he respects his opinion, and he respects the coaching staff. And so when they give him subtle reminders or he gets ice time taken away, is he mad? Yeah. Does he pout a little bit? Yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, he respects it, and he usually has responded. And that's like last night he responded with a great second and third period, and he was a difference maker. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalter. Bet the board is next. Bet. Juicy score! We are tied. The board. Brought to you by the sports book at Argosy Casino Alton. Place your bets. Eat, drink, play slots, table bet, and bet on football all in one place at the Argosy Casino. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, Brad Barnes, and Anthony Stoltz. Time to bet the board. And uh, you guys got some work to do. You guys got a lot of work what? to do. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meade had the Panthers minus one and a half Did last night the on Panthers? the puck line. <laughs> On the puck by one and a half. Yeah, Jamie, dirt they bag. need to win by Jamie, two. Jamie, have you seen this team? They a lot had, of dirt bag. They were short last well, you night. Can they tell, didn't even have enough players. You can tell that somebody wasn't here during <laughs> Bet the Board. <laughs> I told them don't do it. That is not what you told me. I told you something. You told me you were going to do that play in the break, and I said, hey, hold on, I'm already doing that play. <laughs> Jamie, don't believe this crap. It would have taken all three of the other people around here to take my hands from around your neck. Hey, it didn't matter because the Blues won outright. So uh, Meat is now in second place at plus 50. Thanks, Blues. I had the Rangers minus 120 last night, and they fell behind to the Blackhawks. They still won, though. 
They came through. Oh, good for you. Four two winners. Good for you. One of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. You guys got to recognize. Mm-hmm. So I'm in first place, plus 228. Jamie Ed, Lucas Raymond, anytime goal at plus 190. That didn't happen. Damn Lucas Raymond. Jamie's now minus 200. And BT had the Boston Celtics plus four. They looked good in the first quarter. They really did. Not so much after that. That's all I watched, too. And I was like, oh, obviously, <laughs> we're going to cover. And in the second half, you know, the Lakers took off. Really nice fourth it's, quarter for them. You know what? It's done. There's no runs in basketball. This no. is it. Yeah, if you have a lead early, you'll cover. Absolutely. Nine times out of ten. Well, BT suffered that one time. He's now minus 210. My pick tonight, guys, I'm taking the Chicago Bulls plus three and a half. They're on the road against the Cleveland Cavs. I don't know why they're getting plus three and a half, but I'll take it. They're 17 and eight overall. They've won seven of their last 10. They have dominated Cleveland from a betting standpoint, covering 20 of the last 26 meetings in Cleveland. I have the Bulls plus three and a half at minus 110. Me. Kind of taking a similar approach. Basketball, a game that I don't really understand the line. It's uh, UConn and West Virginia. Number 15 UConn on the road in Morgantown against West Virginia. It's a tough place to play, but uh, uh, West Virginia comes in as a two and a half point favorite. I'm going to take... The uh, UConn Huskies to cover that two and a half points as the dog. They've been on the road already a couple times this year, played up to some competition. I think that they are able to take down West Virginia tonight. So UConn plus two and a half. Plus two and a half. Jamie. I'm going to the NHL here tonight. Dallas Stars play the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas has a pretty good power play. Max Pacioretty to record one power play point, Anthony. Uh-huh. Plus two, 25. 225. Max Petretti. BT. I'm sticking with a sport that I know. It's going to be NBA. Again, <laughs> I got the Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors. You know Steph Curry is 16. 16 three-pointers shy of Ray Allen's record. Oof. He's going to try to get all of those tonight against Portland. I don't think that he's going to. Now, I could have gone with a simple over-under of threes. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say he's going to make it rain. Steph Curry is going to score 40-plus points tonight against Portland. Plus 580. Whoa! You're, wow! Go for it. I think that he's really going to try to break the record tonight. They're a 15.5-point favorite anyhow. I think that he's going to try to make it rain. I got Steph Curry doing so. All right, I got the Bulls plus three and a half, minus 110. Meat's got UConn plus two and a half, minus 110. Jamie's got a Max Pacioretty power play point at plus 225. And BT is coming out swinging with Steph Curry. 40 or more points done against the Portland Trailblazers at plus 580. Meet, what you learn today? Uh, today I learned that nobody is safe, and Tracy Bibb even took a shot at Anthony oh, in his wow. Southern Shodcon accent today, so appreciate that, Tracy. Also, just uh, kind of reaffirmed that Rose from the Titanic was the worst. Jamie, what'd you learn? Uh, yeah, I learned that uh, when uh, if, if we're going to miss Craig Bruby with the phone call, we should probably take a second and, and text him the right number to call back at because apparently he got the runaround from number to number and, and we had the head coach of the St. Louis Blues trying to track us down. Which, that seems kind of backwards. A little bit. I should answer the mm. first time. He yeah. got us. Uh, and I also uh, learned that Rose will forever be selfish and uh, she's got you learn. <laughs> she's got me so turned off on roses I won't even buy the flowers anymore. All right, fair enough. We've got <laughs> we've got the Last of the Blues there. podcast. I see that we've mm-hmm. got uh, two. We'll be back tomorrow at two o'clock. See you, <laughs> <Sorry, BT. laughs>